0: I'm your host, David Cameo, and we are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of The Walking Dead Universe. And just a little reminder, I know we've been adding our reaction videos to our podcast episodes lately. I just wanted to remind you that after the intro music on this one, we will be including it again. Uh, But I wanted to actually... Leave a note here to remind you, if you do like the reaction videos, please do rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash Dead. Let us know if you like it. And also, more importantly, let us know if you don't like it. It's a good means of communication. After every episode, it would be welcome to get some of your comments, thoughts, and impressions so that we can actually even include them in future episodes. It'll help shape our opinions. It'll give us more to talk about. The more feedback you give us, the better impression we have to discuss your point of view, because we, you and me, and the rest of you, are squawking dead. Also, if you happen to like these videos, like really, really like them, remind I'm reminding you to follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead to actually join us during these reaction video sessions. Uh, we will be putting out the link to join us on riverside.fm and you can join the crowd and react accordingly now you don't have to show up on camera you could just be in the the chat if you want but it is great to see your face reacting to the happen happenings and going ons it does fuel the conversation it does give me a little bit of momentum and energy and fires up the little humor brain animal that helps me react to these things a lot more appropriately so again ko-fi.com slash walking dead buy us a coffee you'll get access to supported back content for 30 days and uh if you know which give you access to join us in future recording sessions as well as get the unedited episodes as along with the ringtone and maybe even joining us on a jackbox session on stream but just follow us and when you want to jump in dive right in and if you subscribe to a coffee a month the party never has to stop uh Man, that's about it. Enjoy the episode. You're dealing with somebody else now. Explosions. Good handwriting. Ooh, I love it. Ooh. It's like a slice of pepperoni. (laughs) Oh, I love it. It turns into an intercom, but then it sounds really culty. Okay, now I'm really hungry. (laughs) Mmm, how do you do that? Oh, look, it's Jules. (laughs) Doesn't it look like Jules a little? (laughs) From The Walking Dead. Next up. Nope. (laughs) What happens when you do? I (laughs) I mean, if I turn into John Glover, I'm for it. Look at those black uniforms. Mussolini much? (laughs) How did they get here, too? Like, well, they took their weapons, too. Remember, um, no one's gone till they're gone over the church? It looks kind of like, the painting looks kind of like that, doesn't it? Yes! Hmm. You know, we were thinking, is it going to be Wes or is it going to be Alicia? I think they're holding out, they're delaying that Alicia gratification. See, it did sound like a principal, didn't it? Right? Like, but like a private school, like a you know, button-up kind of private school. Like, culty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. who's Yeah. Who's Teddy? Exactly like Deanna. <laughs> His presence. I'd let him. Okay, a couple of things. I know I'm pausing. It's illegal. It's illegal to pause. As he was speaking, I was thinking to myself, we said this. We said, what if this was just, like, some sort of weird environmental group? Like, super, super environmental group. What if they're not as bad as we make them seem in our head? Because we assumed, like, oh, they're gonna rally against a common enemy. Woo-woo-woo. But now there's maybe no enemy, but we'll see. Maybe. This is really good on headphones. Mmm, colonia reference! Like, ever? (laughs) Not all living creatures. And they're not living, are they? Oh, oh, they're going up to the spaceship! (laughs) That was kind of like a weird parallel to like 408, right? That that scene around the campfire? Like, where they were saying, you know, like, I regret this and that. Okay, anyway, whatever. (laughs) You wanna go out with me? (laughs) No, Alicia's gonna be with Althea. What? (laughs) Who gives a shit? (laughs) I'd let him. Just say it. Either of them. Nick. (laughs) Yeah, I would. It's just, no way. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you say. Yeah, just, just speak in my headphones. (laughs) Does he like turtles too? (laughs) Eater. Oh! 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 I saw an advance who was playing Derek, and I was like, is that the Derek?" Thanks, Captain Obvious. (laughs) Is your beginning? (laughs) (laughs) The others have returned. Someone coming. Is this like the lost, like, the others? Do they wear something other than black? I mean, is it the Commonwealth soldiers? What? It's the CRM? It's like Madison and the brother and what? Okay, so now I have to say something, because I was hoping our theory would be true about Wes and Derek switching na- or like Wes taking on, sorry, Derek being Wes, taking on Derek's, whatever, Wes is swap the names, swap the names, that's all I wanted to say, and now I'm very disappointed. Andrew, Ian and Andrew, very disappointed. You missed out on an opportunity. Anyway, maybe it's like a La Colonia thing where he was bitten by a human. <laughs> that's a ama- that's amazing for him. That's rare. Ooh. Damage from the inside. Oh, good shot. <laughs> I would be. Like, it's like, fuck you for dying. <laughs> That's pretty convenient. He just followed the trees. That's- <laughs> Thanks, Doris. Great. You know what I'm gonna have to do now? All this extra fucking work? With, with like, John Glover in the background, I'm gonna have to be like, yes, right, this is gold, okay. Like, cause I'm hearing him in my headphones. <sighs> fucking work. I know! So maybe I'm a little right. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Rebecca Bunch, for confirming. (laughs) Who leaves a little bit of food left? I mean, come on, this is apocalypse, people. (laughs) There's starving children in... nowhere. There's... okay, well, there goes that. I'll make you see. Lead you through fire? Oh, that's concerning. Lucy has relevance. Ah. You remember Jocelyn? Shit. I mean, hell, remember Shane? You see me? I don't see you yet. I want to, though. The anthrax rats. He sounds so cool. Like, I don't want this to be bad. <laughs> Althea face. You know, do some shady shit. Next all. <laughs> what is the shady shit? Okay, it's not all that bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's code. Oh, or maybe it's like the Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> like the rhubarb pie is like the Ooh, now I'm a cult member. Ooh. <laughs> now you're welcome on the spaceship. I mean again, I like rhubarb pie. I don't know how long I'd last. Just the paint. Luciana. I'm <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> We're so evil. <laughs> yeah, I hear it right here. Right here in this headphone. It's cash. <laughs> maybe he's been dropping clues and shit, too, like Derek, right? Condensed milk. Rhubarb pie. Oh shit, son! CRM shit! do do, do crm M, do 12 people, first floor. The nuclear weapon theory, right? Shoot a nuke at CRM, take them all out. It means a lot of things, Wes. question is, what now? Where's Daniel Salazar? Yeah, like when she's trying to be very delicate, right? Like Al, and she's like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean, right? Like that little, <laughs> Without the singing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You like haunt your dreams, right now. <laughs> Listen to my voice. Say, David likes it. <laughs> That's all that matters. I just need one person. <laughs> this is really cool. I mean, probably not cool, but we'll see, I guess. Oh, it's like Tang Town. All oh, the places we destroyed. This is when it gets ugly. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, Dickface, he almost killed me. Oh. Colby's killing it. Oh, oh, oh. What did you say? Oh, fuck you, Derek. I don't think you'd want him to. Oh, I'll come with you. Let's go to the dam. Oh, (laughs) Derek, I'm on your side now, magically. Oh, boy. Ooh. It's like the nuclear option for Dakota, right? How badly do you want to get her, right? <laughs> we got her and everybody else. Oh, that makes sense. Wow, I, I can't even imagine what Derek's going through right now. I don't like this, I don't like this at all. What's in that bag? You know, so we could take out the dam. I think Alicia sees. Ooh! Wait, 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 wait. A little of that Aussie accent coming out. Wes, Wes, Wes. Can't let you do that. By the way, wouldn't you want to be taken down by Nick Stahl though? Just like, just saying, right? <laughs> Okay, I'll go. I'd be like faking it like, oh, 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 it sucks. Ah, you mean like mannequins? Derek told me. <laughs> Yo, man, this guy. ugh where's that? Where's my staples button? That was easy. <laughs> just has to say it. Oh. Another Captain Obvious. <laughs> people. They're, they're people. <laughs> I, I see a dead man. <laughs> Damn it. No, 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 no. I was just kidding about killing somebody from every episode. Yum, 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 yum. Poor Wes. How do you kill your own brother? You still love him. What do you think? What do you think, Nick <laughs> oh, it's like a Goonies moment. Like, you just pop into another room, and it's full of that. It's like the new American Ninja Warrior, right? You gotta go through these, <laughs> like, these bodies, right? <laughs> oh, man, that's so macabre. For now. I mean, move faster, you No, know? <laughs> They're like, let's give the VFX people a break, you know? let's put a little bit of sheen on them. Oh, my fucking god. Oh, no. Get out of here. Oh, it's Elizabeth Armand. No, it's not. Oh. Ooh, gross. It's green. DON'T YOU DARE PULL A MADISON! <laughs> MADISON?! <laughs> GO FUCK YOURSELF! <laughs> I love the sounds, too. It's like a slushie, right? It looks like that green slushie. Why are you so mad, bro? Hi, Morgan! <laughs> Chef's kiss! <mwah>. Just leave! Hmm. He's like, he's like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, <laughs> I'm so let now. So wait, so the person you have to hate now is Alicia, right? Because she's the one who said Dakota should stay and roam around. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I want to know from your faces. <laughs> no, I don't blame Alicia, even though she said it from her mouth. I, Rachel's like, oh, no, no. Shut up with the truth. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a suicide mission, right? So... Hmm. Son of a bitch. Gotta make me feel something, Dwight, for you? (laughs) Even though I do, probably? fucking. Oh, what's this ominous music for? What? Oh, okay. Transition. Fine. Okay. I mean, he did light our place on fire. It's it's for the record. Okay, remember how I said I'd let him? I got my limits. I got my limits. First of all, at least it's not this guy, right? (laughs) I'll cooperate my foot up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! That's commitment right there. Ooh! 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 This is gonna get gruesome, isn't it? Shablamy! Oh, that's so cool! Oh! Like, what if... What if he never showed his face and, like, he, he just, She kills him right then and there, right? Like, that would be the, the bee's knees for me, right? <laughs> like, after all listening to this whole episode... I really wish you had... Is he gonna give her, the, like, the parent talk? Like, the dad talk? Look what you just made me do. <laughs> this guy's good. <laughs> How do you know about that? Is Madison alive? <laughs> Sorry. Like I don't know what to do here. I'm I'm Alicia right now. Like what is your deal, dude? (laughs) Right. Classic patriarchy. Yeah. Hmm. Ah just a little bit more. Where's talking dead? Where's Talking Dead? Where? Frank Hildebrand, Jojo Caceres, where's Talking Dead? This could be like the end of the video every week. Where's Talking Dead? Hello? Yeah, I'm certainly in the circle of confusion about where's Talking Dead. Oh, we get a next Walking Dead thing. Oh what? Look, it's rewind, It's us rewind, let rewind. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is still part of the reaction video. Ow, I just hurt my elbow. Ow. I'll take this over Talking Dead. Ooh. I guess it's not Rachel? Oh, that was Grace. So I guess the next episode features Grace, because that's a lot of Grace, and that's a lot of more We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of The Walking Dead Universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we make you cry. No, but most times we go deep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host David Cameo, and with me is Cosmolon09, Rachel Burt. <laughs> hey. And in the chat is Sharady and Becca Punch and Becky. Uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about a very special episode, season six, episode 11, The Holding. What, what do you think of that name, The Holding?
1: If you were refer- to refer to a place of a building as The Holding, it would be like a temporary waiting spot, right? Like oh,
0: like the Holding the area. The Holding,
1: and then, yeah, the Holding and then you go on to where you're supposed to be. <laughs> But they call this whole fucking place the holding.
0: Right, right. Not the hold, which makes sense. Right. Because that's a place on a ship, the hold, you know, where you Mm -hmm. put the loot and stuff. The loot. What is this? A pirate ship? (laughs) But anyway, it's the cargo. Where the stuff is. The cargo. The cargo. Yes.
1: Cargo hold. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But,
0: But you call it the hold, you know? So anyway. So, but the holding. So that I wanted to talk about that first because it just it's just such an interesting way of referring to what their project is called, or at least the facility with which they run such project. And my best guess is it sounds like, you know, a little bit like a cradle, like a cradling, a holding. So it's not quite like a uterus, let's say, but it's well it's less, you know, gross.
1: Think about <laughs> think about Teddy. It's Teddy's holding. Teddy's holding hands.
0: Or holding everybody, like with his arms around them okay i can i can see that i could see that i mean he is after all the shepherd and who are you if if not my sheep sheep
1: (laughs) uh by the way about half of my four pages of notes are is everything teddy
0: said (laughs) uh yeah about a third of mine yeah (laughs) i wrote everything even the thing things that weren't in the subtitles which does repeat later on and then i can link it back and we do have an episode description, but it's a basic one, but eventually we, when we do put up the blog in the YouTube video or the audio podcast, I will piece together everything. I'm going to try to make it as in the order it was intended, the way oh, it, yeah. it is meant to be heard rather than the way it in- unfolds. because. Some of the things that repeat are things that we've heard before, but were were recorded again and said Mm -hmm. differently, Mm -hmm. which I found so spooky. It's as if they designed this episode for people who are listening carefully. And it's not crazy far off, but it's just spooky enough that the small changes in inflection, mostly, because I find that even those changes, you see me, they they repeat as well. So now I'm wondering where that comes in again. Or these could be two separate pieces that repeat depending on day and this is the, the crazy part depending on day and night
1: and night mm-hmm. right
0: because in the morning because it could be one message it's hard to
1: tell without windows
0: yeah and maybe that's how they distinguish is the different recordings they put it on a timer so charity says also the holding uh, holding is also a variation of hold fast
1: i think they wrote this episode just for squawking dead because they put everything in this episode that i love there was maps and coordinates and voices <laughs> to be heard and facts and I love it, and I'm here for it.
0: Now, this is just me doing my rudimentary test on you. Did, did you write down what was in the logbook? Of course. Of course you did. Okay, I did too. Of course. Oh my god, we both. Did, and, we did double the work. And
1: maps. And maps. <laughs> so
0: okay, I didn't. I, I could just easily screenshot the maps. I just, I what I wrote down was essentially what was on there. The only thing that really of relevance on the map was. <laughs> That stood out to me was second in command and then, like, sort of underlined red beard. What is that?
1: <laughs> they're describing a person. I, I, that's, I know. They're, they're describing a person. Now I'm running through my head. Who has a red beard? Who have we met with a red beard?
0: My, Samuel Abbott. <laughs> 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 From The Walking Dead. No, there was,
1: there was a lot of stuff over here. They have... Um, like where their alarms are, they have, they use cans as alarms yeah. where the fencing yeah. is. Um, they have like where the people go, when they go there, all the rooms are labeled inside.
0: Yeah. They're there. Yeah. And,
1: and it's called motel number four.
0: Right. Instead of motel six, <laughs> <laughs> the cars that block the, the exterior, like it it describes yep. the defenses essentially. Like, you know, if we had to attack, how easy would it be, et cetera? What could we use? Blah, blah, blah. Look clearly Derek is is pretty well versed on on tactics at least or at least um sizing up certain things I mean he has an an artist perspective so he has a good visual memory and of course if he ever needs to draw something out precisely he could do that and he does on the walls sort of
1: oh yeah Becky Derek drank all the kool-aid
0: so Becky says Brian Castrillo, at whom we know and love Mm -hmm. had an interesting theory about the jumpsuits they wear the one that intrigued me was the type of people he believes they may have recruited specifically at the end when they're holding everybody in the embalming room because he is uh former navy uh brian castrio he said the way they kind of hold their weapons up they look mm-hmm. kind of at least military police if not you know formal mil- military so he he's thinking though that these people may have been i'm gonna say may but he's like they're definitely from the submarine <laughs> I'm like no they may have been from the submarine oh that's the thing that intrigued me most because of that well, and- that's the thing that had more legs to me well and
1: even like let's say a handful of them came from the submarine and then recruited other people and then trained them. It could just be a small group
0: in summary. If you can train a painter how to be a good recon spy, you know, anything's possible. Now, what's good about that theory though, that Brian has is that Walter, whom we meet in the end is the beginning, the first episode may have Mm -hmm. been on that sub, may have been the keeper of that key, may have been the captain of that vessel. So Mm. here we go. You know, here we are. The end is the beginning again. Yeah, Walter, Walter Walter AKA Raleigh's brother. (laughs) Raleigh's brother. (laughs) Poor, poor Walter, poor Walter. (laughs) I mean, he sounded like a shitbag a little bit. You know, <laughs> so does Raleigh, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, don't say Raleigh's the spy, Sharon D? Uh, that, I mean... I kind of like that's just That's just too obvious,
1: though, right? I, I
0: know he yelled at Charlie and it triggered us, but, you know... <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I feel like
0: I, I don't blame I, him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, I feel like Rallies too. Like, of course he. Like, if if he ended up being the spy, everybody'd be like,
0: "Duh." Oh, although, <laughs> I mean, that would be a good reflection of Victor, like the triple dip that we accused him of, and then mm. and, and also that Daniel accused him of <laughs> the triple dupe. <dip. laughs> The triple dip Sorry It's in my head now And if you don't know What we're referring to Victor is triple dipping He's with our gang He's with the With Janie's Rangers And he's with The End is the Beginning Obvi- Obviously not It just It's not his style Cults are not his thing No He's not that desperate
1: Unless they have a wine cellar
0: <laughs> Well yeah Then all bits are off But then Lucy would be On yeah. board there too No as long as they have Records and wine
1: <laughs> Records and wine Yeah right. I mean shit Records and wine Sign me up <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I was saying. Season four. four. That was four. The, uh, the beginning of the second half where they find the mansion and Luciana's mm-hmm. listening to records and Victor's just drinking wine all the damn time. She almost gets attacked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the best part. I mean, no, not that I wanted it, but it was kind of cool. It was kind of funny. It was funny. Yeah. God's own wine cellar. Yep. That's the reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that line. Rebecca punched. These, yes. these bricks were not meant for wrath. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Congratulations. Awesome. If you haven't already seen it at the beginning of this episode, I probably played the reaction video, which we already released on YouTube at the very least. I will be probably pushing it out on social media prior to this episode airing too, so you get caught up. But one of the things I had said in a previous episode was that this group, like, what if this is a super duper environmentalist group? And lo and behold, it feels like it is. Like, from the beginning of this episode, where John Glover's character character Teddy is describing the process of life that involves the comp the posters which aka mm-hmm. composters composters what i liked about that intro is that if you're too busy listening to sexy john glover which i was <laughs> and i really was because throughout the reaction video i'm like i'd let him yeah <laughs> sign me up sign me up if i get to listen to that every day sign me up that's heaven
1: He has a pretty pleasing voice i will
0: admit <laughs> oh sharon had that in the can i knew she had oh, that in the can oh yeah john good g- lover john g lover Yeah, this G. But of course, by the end of it, I'm like, you know, I have my limits. (laughs) Being embalmed, it's just the payoff, it's just not there. If you were too busy paying attention to John Glover and not enough to what is actually happening, because obviously you're getting a lot of sensory input. You're getting John Glover right in your ears. The visuals of the walkers churning in this composting heap sort of thing. You're seeing this wonderful, wonderful like setting where... With real, I'm assuming, I think, is real plants on real box tables and all that stuff. And you're like, wow, wow, this is kind of cool. Everybody's smiling. It's actually it doesn't feel as bad as I thought it was, right? But if you're pedantic like Rachel and I are, and you're going to write down <laughs> everything John Glover says, Oh, sorry, Teddy says, <laughs> it's hard not to say it, John Glover. Part of what you start to notice is as he's talking, the thing that he is saying is being exhibited in front of your eyes. Death, destruction, decay, walkers in a thing. Actually, sorry, he says that while the screen is black. I love that touch because that's kind of like creation. What does it say in the Bible? The first day is, is darkness, right? And then the light. Right, which he says later on in the episode. What's happening to the world isn't new. The world's been breaking down since its inception. <laughs> the walkers are <laughs> breaking down. The sun is spending its nuclear fuel. This planet, planet's spinning farther off its axis. The continent's drifting apart. ice is receding, melting. Forests withering and burning. Everything's winding down, including us. Death is inevitable. It simply is. Oh, I could listen to that all day. Ooh, I just got the chills. But, <laughs> but from this death comes new life. Pan over to the table with the plants. Our decaying bodies feed the soil, which we're seeing at the moment. The soil in turn feeds the plants, which the girl, the lady, picks up the plant. And she continues walking. In the and, and the plants in turn feed us and the creatures that sustain us, and then you see the the woman whipping the eggs and then putting the eggs in the pan. It's the way it's always been. It's the way it always will be. And then you know she picks up the frittata. And that's like he she he is describing the process as it's actually happening in their holding. In the holding. Not their holding, his holding, but the holding. I love that it was a visual representation of what he was describing. I love people were smiling. It's it lulls you into the sense of complacency. Because he is spitting truth, a version of the truth. He's assuming that the walkers are just walking compost. And I think that's essentially what he's saying. When you see the truth, what do you see? Who do I see? I see life. <laughs> From out of death comes life. From death. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Yep. You know, you're not wrong. I mean, actually, when I said when in the reaction video, I'm like, is it life? Debatable, right? Is it life? I mean, it is a walking dead. Well, the, the scariest
1: thing is like the stuff he's saying is not wrong, he's not wrong, which is why he like, he's a successful cult leader.
0: <laughs> yeah, because part of what you, what cult leaders use is a hefty, hefty grain of truth because they, oh, yeah. they have to meet you at your level. They have to meet you where you're at or where you're at, at the most susceptible. You know, you have to have a baseline of a common truth. It's where you start feeding or slowly feeding other things or injecting other things where, oh, this makes sense. I don't know if it's the truth, but it makes sense. I'll keep going. And then, you know, if it makes you feel better along the way, you're going to accept more and more things. And it's not limited to cults. Cults harness the power of tribes, eventually. Tribes are just evolutionary biology working on us all the time. It's not limited to just, you know, big groups of people who think the same, same thing. It's really could be smaller groups of people who think the same thing. And you have your in-group, out-group preferences, meaning, let's take a big example of which we discussed lately, and of course I'm going to use it because I'm an asshole. But the way we feel about Dakota can sometimes rub us the wrong way. If Dave doesn't feel the same way Sharon, D does well, it could be something that that could be, but I don't think it will be because I won't let it. But it could be one of those things that tears two people apart because people inherently want to be part of the same tribe. Because if if we're part of the same in group, then we trust each other more, we will give each other responsibilities, we will lean on each other for help. That's how we were able to defeat the Neanderthals is knowing that we could trust our tribe. Yeah, okay. So sure. he's right. Yeah. We got the squawking dead tribe. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. But that's, that's the kernel of it, you know? And so once Teddy establishes a baseline of truth, meaning, okay, Hey, do you, do you accept this? Do you accept that? Do you accept that? Oh, we all accept that. <laughs> then he can continue working on, okay, this is what my tribe believes. Do you believe this? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Skeptical, right? I like skeptics, right? Riley likes skeptics. Riley likes that Luciana asks questions. Why? Because then he can feed her the right answer, right? And people inherently want to believe the truth, though, by the way. People, even if they don't believe what the other person is saying, the fact that they say it exists now. It's in their mind. And so they're trying to work it out. And this is is especially true for the written, written word. Jonathan Swift writes about this a lot. Jonathan Swift wrote the famous satire, it, it, oddly enough, for Squawking Dead, the satire discusses the famine in the UK post the plague, I think it is, and and he suggests in a satire, eating babies, <laughs> because that is a perfectly good form of nu- nourishment, blah, blah, blah. His whole point was that we need to pull our resources so that we can feed everybody, but it's called An Honest Proposal. Just read it. If you read, oh my God, if you read the, uh, the reviewers of the time of his satire, he just... And, this guy, they just lambast him. But later on in life, we get the satire. We understand what he was trying to say. As Jonathan Swift is writing this up, he writes it up. He basically explains the times that we're living in. He kind of coaxes you in. He leads you in. In the process of leading you in, he basically tells you, you are going to believe this because it is written down. I am literally trying to fool you, and yet I'm explaining to you that I'm trying to fool you." He writes this in an honest proposal, and then as he goes down (laughs) the satire, he explains in, you know, obviously it's satire, it's written in earnest, but it's not meant to be taken in earnest. And then he goes all the way down the list, he lulls you into the sense of complacency and then, get, and then he kind of goes, he sneaks in, and that is why we need to eat babies, <laughs> babies. And then he goes into the benefits of why we should eat babies. And he makes some comparisons to bathwater, whatever, because it's funny. But the whole point being is the written word, when seen, people intrinsically believe the written word. Now, if your active brain is on, you can start questioning what you're reading but it's already sort of a little too late. It's already invaded your, your consciousness. So this is what John Glover is operating on. If I keep repeating this message over and over again, I'm cementing this belief. If I take into skeptic's questions and I answer them, and I have a good answer, good enough for them to actually work on and chew on, it doesn't even matter if they believe it right away. They've heard it. And if they're willing to stay and, and listen to more answers, even if they don't believe initially, I can keep working on that. And you see that here and there in this episode. I mean, Wes himself is like like ready to believe for this because he has a an anchor mechanism his brother and right. you see him two times at least going well maybe it isn't that way and then he explains and, and althea explains oh no but the tower that was definitely them the spray paint the cage the rats and then he goes well maybe i'll just ask him <laughs> But it goes to show that, like, even when presented with the truth, sometimes it's just hard to break out of the possibility that this could be wrong or this could be bad. He even says it out loud just before Althea says this. You know, maybe that, and I said this earlier on in the reaction video, maybe not as bad as I thought they were. You know, maybe we we did a lot of assuming.
1: I remember sitting there after you said that, and I'm like, (laughs) Wes is about to say the same thing, and you're both so wrong.
0: Oh, oh, I know I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) but I think I think it's good to kind of pump the brakes because sometimes look we both know that sometimes the show will paint the picture of what could be this big bad and then the vultures come Mm -hmm. and it's not so bad it's like bad but it's like or it's martha but it could have been worse. but then that's well that's that's a horse of a different color when you think about it like she is the big bad but we're like what the what is this (laughs) right (laughs) horse of a different Um, color
1: I want to talk about the strange inner that Riley gave to everybody that wasn't really an interview it started out as an interview he wanted to record them which d- seemed totally normal right like you have new covers come in I mean, even Deanna did it yeah that was we didn- my you first know, we didn't think twice about it right however by the end of this interview it totally flips and our group is throwing questions at Riley I mean Alicia's like even getting attitude is like come on give me something and I'm like this is so strange it's like we're interviewing Riley not the other way around and then and then by the end when Teddy says he's been listening to Alicia I'm like oh that's why okay this creep is just behind the scenes listening to all these people talk he's Riley's just letting them talk Riley is just letting them talk and every time they say something they are they don't even realize it but they're giving Teddy more and more information and he's just eating it all up eating it all up and Riley's just letting them go yeah and Riley's just letting them go at it you know you,
0: you know what's say so funny? everything you know what's so funny about what you, what you just said because in the way that you said it was oh he just wants to hear Alicia and then I kept thinking to myself oh no Is he in a back office somewhere just going,
1: (laughs) ew, no? no. But like,
0: (laughs) here's the thing I can see John Glover doing that. Ew, David. John (laughs) Glover is just a pervert. He's just a big old pervert. And like, I love it, actually. (laughs) He's just, he's like the most charming pervert I've ever heard. You're right. He's letting him talk it out. He's letting him kind of just be heard. And what's the most Mm -hmm. interesting thing about sometimes cults is that they harness the power of people just wanting to be heard after feeling like they haven't been, their voice hasn't been been heard, heard, you know? But of course they don't know that these people that they just captured sort of not really uh they are saved.
1: L- they saved
0: them. Yeah oh and furthermore they saved them from a herd. They they're really right. they're in really rough shape, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. One thing that I didn't that I wasn't quite sure of is Teddy explains to Riley they were in really rough shape. How does Teddy know that? Cuz <laughs> as he explains to Sabrina, oh when we found them, Teddy says when we when he found them they were in really rough shape. I I don't know if that's a flaw. In the dialogue. Do you know I me mean? like flaw in the script? Did, did, did you... I
1: literally, I no, I wrote the same thing down. Teddy says Teddy says they're in rough shape. When did Teddy see them?
0: <laughs> right. Who's Deanna? Anyway, so
1: who's Deanna? Right.
0: <laughs> then I started thinking, because of course I have to figure out a way to cover for that, right? Because that's what I do. And the only way I can square that circle is after hearing Teddy throughout this entire episode. I'm your shepherd. Who are you if not my sheep? I will show you the light. Being one of my sheep, if if your matted fur covers your eyes, I will I will shear it for you, and if your eyes refuse to open, I will make them open. I will make you see things like that and then i thought to myself what if teddy is kind of like 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 negan let's say like all knowing but like on another level like all knowing teddy is like a concept not just a person teddy said he's well, in there he, they're in rough shape yeah but you know my intuition I, that is teddy <laughs> aka right. my deity kind of sense
1: teddy himself might have told riley that but obviously whoever rescued our group hmm. told teddy that and then teddy yeah everything comes back to teddy Al, all pieces of information go back to teddy
0: Uh uh-huh okay that is way better than what i thought (laughs) (laughs) man you're on a roll lately with these episodes i'm telling you right now (laughs) because i'm a cockamamie scam artist (laughs) essentially a bullshit artist um (laughs) perfect episode to illustrate but no what you're saying makes sense if they segment information or if all information goes through teddy it would make sense that teddy does know all Right. (laughs) You know, so figuratively and literally. So there is... Not as much information sharing as information filtering or like a hub spoke kind of situation where if some one part of the group wants to know about another part of the group or the recon, they go through Teddy. Teddy tells this guy to, he is the intercom and the switchboard person, or he's in touch with the switchboard person. Charindy, man, you're on fire. Omnip, omnip Omnipo Teddy. (laughs) I
1: I think I have an unpopular opinion about Riley. I don't think Riley's a bad guy. I think Riley is just a true believer. I think he's one hundred percent. Like
0: Luciana, duped. I mean, that's a good
1: yeah.
0: That's a good observation because you yeah. know when we see Luciana, you see her thread a needle. Originally, you see that she's just somebody who believes in a thing. You know, mm-hmm. she goes okay when she bargains with the with the people in that facility to to barter uh, things with, like trade this for that and all that, trade medicine for food or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, because they have the run of the place, all she's trying to do is feed this La Colonia. And you get to explore her character as she goes on. And Nick kind of tries to bust her out of that thinking, like, look, it doesn't have to be this way. I've walked among the dead. You've seen me. Anything is possible. In the next episode, we obviously see older versions of our characters in what seems to be like a fantasy look ahead. You know, mm-hmm. Grace is fantasizing about the future characters, what they would look like. We've seen this on The Walking Dead is- before, too. Not as many flashbacks. A lot of flash forwards for some reason. However, we noted before the show that Keith Carradine, it has been cast as part of the cast in some capacity. We had originally thought it was John Dory Sr. However, noting the facial features of Keith Carradine, it, could, it might well be Riley in the future in one of these scenes or whatever's going on. So he may end up being some sort of either a character that persists beyond this moment becomes a good guy we don't know but if that's how it's going to happen we thought you thought he he would be his father right or his father would come in or right i I don't know my thought was that he it is riley but an older riley in the future this proposed future that grace is imagining apparently because she's in it as herself yeah uh, in her young state
1: i like what becky's saying here also we don't know about riley maybe he's protecting someone that that could fit in with my keith Carradine. is his father too maybe teddy is holding riley's father Making him be submissive.
0: Nice choice of words. Holding.
1: Hmm. Yeah. See. Hmm. Uh. Uh. See what I did there?
0: (laughs) Let's go another way. It could be that Teddy's just a mouthpiece for Riley's father. Maybe Riley. Riley's father is the guy, and that's the Mm. only reason why he's here. I mean, Teddy is obviously a charismatic leader that everybody looks up to. Everybody refers to Teddy's the guy. He's the guy. Everything goes through Teddy.
1: Maybe Keith is Riley's dad, and he started the end is the beginning group, and then Teddy killed him and took over and now Riley's just trying to save what his dad started
0: right <gasps> right even though and he may even know that Teddy did it Teddy he yeah. knows Teddy killed him but it's for the right. cause it's for the cause they go back to the soil and, the, and oh whoa the irony wait do you know what the irony is what do you see I see my father as a walker that's the guy that's mm-hmm. his dad or that's Keith Carradine oh. right that, that crazy
1: that's not, I don't think he's tall enough to be him but maybe <laughs> well we don't know he's, he's all hoisted up and shit yeah <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> We're going th- we're going to reception right now, <laughs> oh,
1: right? Oh my gosh. Uh,
0: of course, Becky has to go Carol dreamed with the life of Daryl. Just saying <laughs> like, yeah, it, it yeah. just happens. It happens on the show a lot. Okay. So, uh, so uh, that's interesting. Well, okay. Well, Becky says, what if Keith is Teddy's brother, Keith Carradine mm-hmm. plays okay. Teddy's brother, uh, they kept mentioning brothers. They did. They did. Okay. So going back to the interview though, uh, just really briefly.
1: Riley even says, I'm more interested in what you have to say. And
0: and if it (laughs) wasn't enough later on, when I I don't know with whom it was that he said this, but he says to Luciana, I think it was, there's no wrong answer. Like, what do you want me to see? She says, she asks Mm. and she goes, well, whatever you see. And there's no wrong answer. Nobody gets on the first try. She says what he says with Alicia, I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing I like the most about this. There's no ulterior motive. It really is just to see if you belong. Most cults aren't the kind where they build uh, like kind of a paywall or a firewall. They don't have like tests necessarily. The te- even the tests that they give are meant to be taken over again you know, so that you do get in. the whole idea of a test sometimes is to give you a challenge to rise to rather than mm. it be an exclusionary tactic. You want to feel included. But in the act of accomplishing the challenge, you feel like you've earned the inclusivity. You've passed the threshold of some sort of at least beginning beginning of enlightenment so you've earned your place but what i wanted to get to was more that it's not often that you see a cult that is exclusionary that's really the point of what i'm trying to say is that teddy is finding a way to make it so that they're all in and their whole group of this mission is they feel it's just you know they feel that this is the right way to live and part of that and you could judge them on the merits on this one of and of course, later on in the episode, it completely falls apart. But there's something too, you know, wanting as many people as possible to survive, not excluding anybody, even if they mean you harm. They took in people that had weapons, let them keep it initially, and then it bit them in the ass. And then they changed their tactics a little bit, but they still invited them in. This is a stark contrast to what we see, let's say at the dam, where, well, okay, no, the dam, they did take away the weapons on the initial, but they still wouldn't let, I don't think they would let dangerous people like the End is the Beginning people in. Lon you know kicks out people who are useless you know talk about exclusionary this is meant for the elite only the strong shall survive only the necessary people shall be accepted now this group will take in anybody because they feel like they have the means to be able to rejigger their thinking so that they can be accepted or want to be accepted into this new community this is just fascinating to me because there's some parallels going on here with like how this group acts as opposed to other groups okay i noticed something actually very funny and i'll put the picture pictures on the screen of what I'm talking about because it's a visual thing as they come out of the elevator. And of course, there's a little bit of a tiny, tiny parallel to season four when they're in the hospital and they get out of the elevator and they're all in their poses. Wendell, Sarah, I think Althea uh, and some other people. But then they open the elevator. They're not in poses, but the, the cult people that are behind them there's a young man off to the right and his cap is kind of down like this it's a little bit over his brow but you can still make out his nose he has a bigger nose he's young he, he almost like I'm like this guy looks familiar where have I seen this guy before obviously they show they show the elevator and then they, they cut back over to Riley and our gang they flip to another scene with two people playing checkers one of the guys that was doing the composting work I think and the guy he's playing checkers with is the same guy that's in the elevator <laughs> whoops it's- same kid <laughs> whoops and i'm like C- covid covid gotcha yeah gotcha yeah. yeah i i just thought that was kind of cool i will put it up was on the...
1: he was he in a different outfit at least he was in the
0: same outfit oh yeah oh, oh. whoops <laughs> I'll put I I'll put the two pictures in the blog just so you can see what I see. Maybe I'm wrong. I just thought that was very interesting. and something that if you didn't catch it, don't blame me because the cap is kind of over his face a little bit. They're trying to be slick about it, but it, it just didn't quite yeah, pass I semester. Watch,
1: I watched this episode five times and didn't catch it. So I really liked how they set up uh, Wes and Derek's conversation. So Wes and Derek are having the conversation at the table. They're talking back and forth and you hear Teddy talking overhead and every now and then, Teddy and answers Wes's questions. One specifically that they I mean they lined it up perfectly. You hear Teddy say, "Who am I if not your shepherd?" And Wes asks, "Derek, what exactly are you doing here?" And then Teddy comes on and says, "Who are you if not my sheep?"
0: <laughs> "Oh, nothing." <laughs> Just do my thing. I'm a sheep. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I and I wrote I wrote, "Wes, pay attention to Teddy. He's answering for you." <laughs>
0: Isn't that crazy? Like half after a while, it just kind of blends into the background. Like if you were there, you would just not notice.
1: (laughs) Right, but well, but the thing is, I think the people who live there do notice. Like they, this is their, this is their living word. This is what they believe. And so I almost feel like Wes asked Derek that question, and Derek heard Teddy's voice (laughs) and sort of reminded him who he was, and was like, "Don't, don't fall for this. Remember, hear me, hear me. You're my sheep.
0: Right, Right. Don't, don't let, don't let." your own brother work on you. Actually on a grander narrative, and I love this by the way, I love what you're saying because it plays even all the way to the end when in that death scene, I will lead you through the fire, (laughs) through the desert. (laughs) What makes this so much more heartbreaking is going over this episode over and over and over again, because, You see this reacquainting of Wes and Derek happening, and it's sweet, and it's nice, and it's great. The more you find out about what actually went down, that Derek was doing the recon at the very least, oh wait, no, he was doing more than just the recon. Oh, somebody's reporting back to him. Oh wait, somebody that reported back to him knew that Wes was there. And I'm watching this episode three times and even doubting my own notes, which is crazy, because that sounds like the cult was working on me. I cannot... It's hard for me to believe it. It's hard for me to believe that Derek... I just have this hard time believing that Derek could have done that, and yet he did, which goes to the power of cults, which goes to my skepticism, which is like, I'm Wes. I'm literally Wes. I cannot... Like, I feel like they threw a logic flaw at us. They kept throwing this logic flaw at us so that we could be the same spot that Wes is in.
1: Yeah, but Lucy Lucy gives him an answer to that. I'm not listening to Lucy.
0: She's making too much sense. Oh, wait right. a minute. Lucy is right. me in every episode. Gotcha. Right. And
1: <laughs> and how easy how easy would it have been for for Derek to convince himself that Wes did die? Easy. I mean, he easy b- he easy. doesn't have a brother anymore. He from that day forward, he lived his life not having a brother anymore.
0: And then all of a sudden he's back.
1: Right. Now he sees him in his face and he can't deny him.
0: Right. And here's the thing. Okay, it's like the wolf man effect, right? What is the wolf man effect? Okay, the classic movie scene, the the, the woman's walking down the alleyway or the field and like, la 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 or she's running away from the wolf and the wolf is right behind her. And then she's just looking this, she's looking behind her, she's looking behind her, trying to walk this way, you know, walking the other <laughs> way. And all of a sudden the wolf is right in front of her face. And everybody in history, eventually, instead of being scared anymore, they go, ah! She should have seen that wolf coming. But here's the thing, right? Like, oh, it's nope. right around the corner. Oh, don't hide in the room, in the in the shed full of chainsaws. <laughs> don't run up the stairs. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Or, or don't run backwards up the or don't walk backwards up the stairs, right? Like you're saying, because oh, you're gosh. right, because it's gonna be behind don't you. Don't run upstairs at all. But here's the thing: you can't blame Wes. I mean, and most right. people, I think, would like. or not most. I'm sorry. I think there's there would be a contingent of people saying. Wes, how could you be so stupid? Easy for you to say. I'm not saying that I saw this. I'm just saying there's no denying that, which is great. There's no denying that most people at the very least acknowledge that this was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking because we're putting ourselves in Wes's place. I mean, most of us who have siblings are putting ourselves in Wes's place. We're like, I'm thinking of my own brother in that instance. I'm thinking, and I'm trying not to, because then I I have, Mm -hmm. I, I have like a soft spot for my brother, but in doing so, it really makes it just super, Super heartbreaking. I'm even seeing the fight at the end, and there's this very interesting thing that happens during the end. Wes does go for the gun. I don't know if he's going for the gun to kill him, but I do think that in the struggle for the gun, Wes, it's pointing at Wes. Wes is going, please don't, please don't, and just milliseconds after he realizes, looking at his brother's own face, going like, "Eh, eh, eh." like just after that (laughs) fraction of a second, like Derek has this kind of like this determined to kill Wes face because Mm -hmm. people are people. Wes goes from, no, no, Derek, don't kill me to like, oh shit, I better kill Derek. And it's heartbreaking. It's just, even at the end, Wes cannot believe in the fight that his own brother is going to kill him, is literally about to. The only question I have is, and this is a hard one to ask, because I don't know if there's a good answer. I don't know if there's enough information for the answer, but do you think at any point, Derek... Either walks it back some, or because I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a point at which no, Derek is.
1: I don't see Derek as Wes's brother at all in this episode. I see Wes worried about his brother, trying to get his brother to come back, and I see Derek trying to get his brother to join them too. Right. Like, if you can come join us, that would be awesome. Like, you know, I could have my brother back, and then it could be good. But, but Derek isn't gonna, he's not gonna get excited about that or plan that until he knows he can trust the group. You know. All, like like they say but i i i, I did i did not see until yeah until they can all see but i did not see a loving brother from derek i saw crazy eyes culty mcgee give me another glass of kool-aid like that was yeah. he was all in Wait, all
0: in let, let's do it let's do it right remember to try the rhubarb pie right you know who told me about that and I didn't <laughs> notice it at first? Rebecca Punch, I think, was.
1: <laughs> that is my favorite line of this episode.
0: <laughs> right. He's just so... Angry. And he
1: said... But he says it but he says it like this. Try the rhubarb pie. And it's like with his crazy eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't eat the pie. Don't eat the pie.
0: I've, ostensibly, he looks <laughs> kind of like a Mr. Rogers. I mean, like, he's he's just very matter-of-factly. Everything is <sighs> just supernatural. He doesn't detect at all that maybe this group thinks... This shit's weird. Yeah.
1: The pie but is why people would he? don't eat the pie. But why? Yeah,
0: right. That's a, that's a whole other thing. I, <laughs> I literally screened out the pie that's oh that's the Kool-Aid. Oh it'll take you up to the spaceship. Right, exactly. I asked the question because I know the truth. I'm I'm still having a hard time with it because you know, again, I'm trying to put my myself in there and I can't. It's 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 hard. If my brother was Derek, let's say, for example.
1: I don't know if I could have done what Wes did.
0: Yeah. I don't either. And to further the point, going off of what Teddy says during that fight, or more after the point, but out of that death comes new life. I thought that was very cool. You are hurting now. Death is hard. Death is inevitable, but death is hard. It's like the membrane you pass through. It's it's a terrible thing. But <laughs> out of death comes new life. Like it. it ma- this is the sick part. It makes Teddy right. <laughs> but not in the way you think. In the end, Teddy is right in that Derek's end is Wes's new beginning. However, what's more is that as terrible as it was all this time, Wes didn't have that little payoff. Meaning I don't think he ever really did know that his brother had died. And now that at least he was there when he did. And that at least also that he didn't go on living with people who would mass murder everybody. We're assuming again, that they would mass murder everybody topside. No part of their, Plan throughout this entire thing is to kind of take these settlements down. the the hotel number four, the the building in Dallas, the building across the street that they used a canoe to get to, <laughs> or something uh, that we read in the, that we read in the log book. Yeah, the funeral home, all these different places. They're all going down. They're either trying to take them down so they can scoop up the survivors, you know, prove that they. Oh shit! What does that sound like? A little bit. Ooh, sounds a little like the vultures, right? Part of Mel's shtick was joined Join us. You know, we'll wait you out and we'll take all your shit. But why not give up now and join us? You know, we can share all the shit that we've gotten already, and then we can keep moving on. What if the vultures had survived? What if the vultures were an offshoot of this group? I didn't think of that before. But it does sound a lot like them. Let's take down these settlements one by one, add more to our convoy. Holy shit, the bases of season five. (laughs) It's all coming together, people. (laughs) Aliens. (laughs) Aliens. But it's cool. This little cyclical kind of thing where like every group is kind of like the other group and now maybe there's connections. Maybe there's not. Maybe the whole Martha set the fire to Ennis Mellon and his farm is a shitty idea. I kind of like this one better. (laughs) Maybe it was maybe it was Teddy the whole time. Maybe Teddy set the fire to get rid of the farm so they could take it and the people. But then they just kind of ran away and started the vultures. I don't know. Anyway, crazy brain.
1: Another reason I think that Derek was very closed off and just like, didn't really care much for Wes. And you might disagree with me, but I take this as a direct slap in the face. He kept all the CRM shit in an empty can- empty condensed milk can. Yeah. As a reminder of the last time he saw his brother, he kept all of this traitorous bullshit.
0: Yeah, that's the crazy thing, too. Like, yes, in the final analysis, you're right. I, I don't know if, again, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I would agree that it's a slap in the face. I, it, it,
1: if I were Wes finding that, I would, that. I, that's how I would take <laughs> the it. The first thing like, I would you're say keeping is, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah.
0: Honestly, it really more goes to your your first point though, your earlier point, because that is more consistent. Derek makes it clear how he views himself and how he views the world. He looks at the dead, he looks at the poster, <laughs> Because he's on a post, obviously, too. So uh. that, a little double meaning, and sees a dead man walking through life. Literally, the Walking Dead. That it's not the dead; it's the people. Right. I just like that little connection. He's yeah. like, yes, that's how I felt when he probably thought Wes <laughs> was dead. Maybe I don't know. But to your point, Wes could stay, and he'd be happy. Wes could go, and he would kill him. Doesn't matter to him. So right. there would be nothing gained for him to to to. First of all, hide his. Activities. I mean, conceal them, but not hide. Everybody else knows what Derek is doing,
1: right? Like why would he need to hide it from the rest of the cult?
0: Exactly. I mean, so there'd be no reason to be like concealing all that stuff. Let's play devil's advocate and throw out what we know about our group. Let's just say any other group, right? Any other group tries to come in. What do we say about, what did we say in our special just earlier today uh, about people killing people? It just happens. It's going to happen, right? At some point living this long, somebody, except for Jim, somebody's gonna have to kill somebody's gonna have to kill somebody at some point or do a thing we say this about everybody at this point everybody's done something so if some rando comes into Derek's room and goes hey look at all the places they hit they'll be like cool they're not gonna be like yeah our group and be like that's terrible <laughs> that's, how could you do that oh my god and they'll be like yeah that makes sense I mean you've got enemies yeah. that makes sense so I'm using your logic to explain your earlier logic to explain again, you know, that's just always where you hit it. (laughs)
1: maybe not everyone in the ender group does know what they're up to topside maybe all maybe all this death and destruction well no he does say destruction in, in his little mm-hmm. speech and everything but, but I mean I think they destruction know. and flat out cold blood murder might be different I, maybe there's like a private little army that, that just goes up and does what they need to and may, maybe not everybody knows about the horrible horrible things that happen
0: mm. yeah you may be right you may be right like
1: the kitchen staff the people working in the kitchen maybe they don't go up and kill people maybe they just cook
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I'm willing to entertain that I think there's a limit though because or or a hefty amount of ignorance like oh whatever the plan is I trust Teddy like even though he won't tell me and he we, Mm -hmm. we did say There is a little bit of a hub-spoke kind of sharing of information. It all goes through Teddy, and maybe not all parties on the other end of the spoke know what the other party is up to. Entirely plausible. Maybe the other party doesn't know how the kitchen works. Maybe the other party just goes topside. I don't know. It's very possible, but it's very communal. We get a sense that every area is connected to the other. It's fairly open. There's barely any rooms. Even the room that Derek is in, not much of a room. It looks like a storage facility. It's
1: like tarps hung up, separating, like making
0: rooms. Yeah, and compared to like... Everybody else, like it seemed almost as though, and maybe this goes to what we were saying earlier, because we haven't really even gone to some of those details that you mentioned the Motel 6 with the defense, Motel 4 with the defenses and all that stuff. It seemed like he almost had a privileged spot. Did you get that impression, sort of? I mean, the privileged spot happens to be next to the embalming room, but that's a whole other story.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We didn't really see the inside of anyone else's bunk, so I, I I can't compare it, I guess.
0: There's a lot of shit to hide. And also, how big is this place? We find out later that it is a parking garage. Parking garages are fairly open. The facility that they're in, I mean, they look. it does look fairly like a parking garage. I mean, furrows and furrows of fluorescent lights it would be hard to hide everything i'd I'd have to wager they have to hear the noises of the embalming room at some point somebody's gonna say hey there's a whole bunch of hanging dead embalmed people yeah but
1: but if you question it you'll die that's so you need to keep your mouth shut
0: (laughs) and at some point we have to go we have to go through the bite model for cults yeah the bite model is very because we'll go through we'll ask the question we'll say yes or no to determine if this is an actual cult But yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. If you question it, I mean, look, Teddy's the truth, obviously, right? So... That's a good point, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, but how far can that go, right? But then again, then again, okay, okay, you're to something because those are the people that question the truth. Exactly, mm. all the embalmed
1: walkers hanging up in the meat locker. Right. Yeah, those are, those are the people who wanted to leave.
0: Yeah, and we know that mm. because Alicia is one of the, would have been one of those people. Wes was almost the first one to be, and until Derek was, mm-hmm. that was easy, until Derek was like, just let me let him see. I, personally, I like that though, it's weird because Because it is a very weird thing. You wouldn't think Riley would be okay with taking Wes off the table. And like, let me just get him to see. Let me get but then it goes mm-hmm. but that goes to what I was saying earlier let's demolish these places a couple people will get killed but we'll scoop up the rest they're inclusive mm-hmm. they're not exclusive and that's you know? why I so, don't
1: think Riley's a bad guy either yeah if, he's he's yeah he wanted to win Wes over yeah. instead of having to kill him
0: and Teddy's the when we see Teddy at the end we kind of get it it seals the deal it's like Teddy taking the worst believer <laughs> Alicia I'm sick of your fucking shit like i mean i'm not saying it for a bit obviously i'm not saying it for a bit. i'm i am right alicia's brain you're speak. alicia <laughs> i'm in i am sick i am tired i want a shower <laughs> i'm not buying any of the shit you're selling exactly and so compare wes to riley the wavelength isn't that far off in terms of tit for tat right but alicia and teddy that's a whole other scale and yet teddy wants to convert alicia they'll take any opportunity because they believe in themselves or at least riley's the true believer I don't know if Teddy is the true believer. Something that John Glover says in the, uh, you know, the after the episode kind of like deep, like a behind the scenes for the episode. He says, you know, obviously the, the Teddy's kind of modeled after after Charles Manson. But the other part of that was that Teddy is almost childlike, you know, in his demeanor. he, he he kinda of walks through the world with some wisdom, you know, with some like pop culture wisdom kind of thing. And he uses it. He's very charming, etc. But he does kinda of walk around thinking, you know, like a child would, like innocently, just going through things, not caring maybe what happens. Not stupid, but kinda of like childlike wonderment and I'm thinking throughout this whole interaction, I'm thinking, because in the reaction video, I said, wouldn't the funny thing be Alicia slicing his throat before the blur of Teddy even comes into focus? (laughs) Like, I'm like, we don't even see him. First of all, it makes the most sense because it'd be like the buildup is there. Oh, we're going to finally see Teddy, crazy beard Teddy, right? And then all of a sudden Alicia puts a stop to that and we never see him. We never see him. And that would be great. I would be okay with that. I'd be like, that's kind of cool. Like, it's like like the audience is expecting a payoff and you don't give it to them. It's like the dissonant note at the end of a song. It's like when the song doesn't end off on the note that would give it closure, it makes the audience crazy, but Mm. you certainly remember it. (laughs) Yeah, but not for a good reason. (laughs) But you talk about it. You're like, oh, we didn't even get to see him. But what are you complaining about? They killed the guy. (laughs) But what? They killed the bad guy. What?
1: Right? Right? Like Matt Frewer all over again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we should be happy, right? We should be, right? And then, but you're still upset. Mm -hmm. i get a kick out of that i don't know why i have a song like that too and i love that end
1: i you've told me about about that song and i'm like oh i would be so mad at you like that yeah that irritates me i don't know unless it works like if it works
0: then fine. But it works but (sighs) at the at first listen you're like oh well that's it oh Teddy, oh, oh, all that buildup, the grandiose <laughs> voice, death, it brings new life. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the soil in turn feeds the plants and it's like, hi, Alicia. Ugh. Holy shit! I'm dead.
1: Even if that happened, though, I think Teddy Teddy is such a strong figure. Like what he's done to these people, his message would still live on. Like that voice (laughs) recording would still play, and life would continue as it has been. Even if he did, even if Alicia did kill him,
0: yeah, the residuals. You know, and I was thinking about that too. That that's the other part of Derek's betrayal when when Wes and he go to the the Walker to try to assess. You know, I think it was. I don't know if it's the second time he gets him to see. The third time is the one I think that he gets. That he kills him, but the second time they go to see West, confronts him about the oil fields. You know, did you know? You know, I was there. Shrapnel, etc. You know, that was the worst pain I've ever endured. And then West drops Morgan Jones, and mm-hmm. that's when Crazy Eyes Derek went super Crazy Eyes Derek. <laughs> Morgan Jones, tell me where he is. Like he turns into like Terminator, essentially. Where, where's Morgan Jones? Where, yeah. he? where is he? tell me tell me now (laughs) as soon as he said that crazy eyes Derek comes up and I go oh shit Wes you done fucked up (laughs) you done fucked Mm -hmm. up royally." yeah
1: Um, we were all screaming shut up shut up Sharon too. yeah I was screaming shut up shut
0: up (laughs) and of course wolfman effect you're like he's still thinking oh it's my brother if I show him Mm -hmm. my pain if I show him what he did maybe inadvertently and then you find out at the end of the episode he says did you know you knew. you had to have had scouts there you had to have known etc because even at that point we're like he, he didn't know Maybe even confronting his brother, knowing his brother did a bad thing, he still kind of holds out hope. And then when he finds out that he knew he was there, that's when it's just like, and then they have the gunfight. And even in the gunfight, I was saying, even in the gunfight, maybe he could have spared him. Maybe he could just hold the gun against him. Maybe he can go. But what I wanted to go back to was the Morgan Jones thing. Wes has the plan of taking Derek away. Let's take him, let's remove him from the equation so we can get him to kind of come up for air, you know, stop smelling these this gang's farts long enough to see to smell some fresh air the truth sunlight being Mm -hmm. the truth and that's the another thing like sunlight they're in underground so they can't see the light (laughs) a little irony there but the whole idea of of trying to remove him i thought was so interesting because what we know at the end about derek knowing that wes was there and saying people are people wes makes derek attempting to go with wes let's not get caught then it makes me mad because he had no intention of of, of escaping and Alicia digs on that right away she picks up on that and the funny thing is that Derek he's so used to this m- casual matter-of-factness about people as people are people he doesn't even know how to lie properly the places we were we were planning we we we're, yeah. were planning we, they
1: I, I mean they they are yeah. planning
0: out yeah perfect
1: yeah. he can't even get the words and out. they're
0: all just kind of like did he just say what I thought he just said mm-hmm. and Alicia's mm-hmm. just like oh god come on guys
1: <laughs> right? in the you, face. you heard that right you heard that you know the Enders really missed an opportunity here if if derek and riley were smart derek would have told riley hey my my brother invited he's gonna rescue me let us escape and then follow us to where morgan jones is oh
0: here's the thing i think he did that's the derek derek did say that to riley that was part of the plan
1: but they were there at the elevator when the doors opened
0: yeah that's why i think they were they were well no
1: they should have followed him all the way to the dam is what i'm saying they should have let them get to the dam and follow them there if they really wanted to know where morgan was that's a good point. should have let them leave
0: (laughs) i don't know I, i ran with the assumption that in hearing alicia's voice say we we got what we need We know who they are. We know what they're planning on doing. We have all their Mm maps. We know the places they're planning on hit. Let's go. This is what I assumed was Riley and Derek are in on it. And if they see this plan goes awry, they jump in. I thought that there was some planning involved there. Mm -hmm. And and as soon as they overheard Alicia go, you know, we know what they are. They're going to hit. We're going to hit our places, et cetera, et cetera. I had assumed I had assumed, okay, the jig is up. We got to step in now because it is is a parking garage.
1: They can hide in like the
0: shadows and like let them escape and follow them. To Morgan right. Jones's but, place,
1: but they were like right there. Yeah, they were right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I thought, okay. You're right. Well, I <laughs> thought they might have been. They might have followed them all the way to the. course, the dam.
1: Maybe if Derek, if Derek were better at lying, maybe that was the plan. Maybe Derek screwed everything up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> what I'm assuming. See, again, the, the whole point is they don't attack to attack. We're explaining the psychology behind what they do to what why they do what they do. It's not just oh, to attack. Okay. It's to scoop up this. Right. And who does that remind you of? And I, and I didn't even write this in my notes. Who does that remind you of? Uh, it's the, it's a Walking Dead reference. Um, oh, we said the same thing. A lot at, of people. I, we same. We said the same. Well, not a lot of people. Most people want to kill people. And,
1: governor Negan. Um...
0: To a certain extent, the governor, right? <laughs> but Alpha, the big thing that we said about Alpha. Remember, he said, "Why don't they take these top people and just murk them? Right? Just murk them." And to a certain extent, Negan, right? But Alpha, more than anybody else, who has the firepower, sure firepower. If she wants to take out a target. She takes them out, herd style, right? She doesn't have saviors under her belt. She has walkers, guardians, Mm -hmm. sorry, guardians, my bad, (laughs) my bad. But what was the reasoning is like, I'm like sitting there puzzled. Why isn't Michonne dead? Why isn't Carol dead? Why isn't Daryl dead? You know, why aren't they dead? Why isn't Yumiko dead? It's not, not the point. We want you to walk with us. Cults, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) If Alpha wanted them to walk with them, she would have killed him anyway and turned him into guardians. Well, one
0: way or the other, but preferably being one of them indoctrinating others. Walk with us. Okay,
1: I agree to disagree. I I didn't see Alpha as a cult leader. Well
0: okay she wanted guardians she she smelled her own farts and even she didn't believe her own farts were smelly like she (laughs) she didn't even huff them after a while no
1: beta told everybody they smelled like roses yeah she's she's like fuck you you don't smell that that smells like roses damn it yeah
0: exactly but like (laughs) but when even the cult leader doesn't follow their own rule which i mean you know you see that happen but my whole point being the whole idea was look one way or the other and again maybe this is a good parallel because again if you're not a whisperer you're a guardian if If you're not with us, you're outside. You're the walking dead that Derek describes aptly without saying the walking dead. Just say the walking dead, Derek. Just say the walking dead. Say what we're all thinking. (laughs) Say it. Or at least say Say what I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Like we are, he literally, he could have just said, yeah, we are the walking dead. And Teddy is the shepherd. (laughs) Teddy is alpha. (laughs) Or beta. Or Uh, Riley I
1: I was going to say, I really need to see more of Teddy and Riley because, because I keep picturing Nick Stahl as Teddy. He just looks like a teddy to me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so when I yeah, and I'm like, no, that's no. Riley, Teddy, Riley. Okay. All
0: right, all right. Well, I kept saying Nick Stahl like throughout the throughout the live. I'm like, Nick Stahl, what oh. you doing? <laughs> what are you, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What do you think is happening, Nick style You heard a gunshot. What do you think is happening, buddy? Go, go he get looks that like shit. He, te- he looks like he could be a teddy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess so. But then then, but then, but like, you see his hairstyle. He's like, oh, yeah, it's totally Riley. I could see him surfs up. Whatever. Riley he sounds like a skater, surfs up kind <laughs> of dude. Whatever. Uh, Sherry, what, what were you saying? Morgan even says what? Says that?
1: That Virginia doesn't follow her own Nobody rules.
0: Nobody follows her own rules. <laughs> that's the, that's right. the whole
1: point. Right. Well, you were talking about cult leaders who don't follow rules. So she was saying Virginia's yeah. one of
0: them. That, that's a good point, though. Well, it, it's it's yet to be determined if Teddy doesn't follow his own rules, but so far to the T. But to a certain extent, I think that, uh, there is something to that. Like, okay, even Morgan is being put in a position where, you know, people are walking in and out, like, that have murdered people, like June. Uh, Dakota is still here. <laughs> so there's, I
1: mean, everybody, really. Right,
0: ev- everybody's everybody. done something. And yet, like, I'm not saying Morgan's a cult leader. Although, if viewed another way, the dam could be seen as some sort of Sort of cult, I guess. The cult of the damned. The the damned. (laughs) Anyway.
1: Yeah, I guess we'd have to look up the definition of cult. Because I'm just calling it a... It's a settlement. It's where you live.
0: However, there is something to what is going on here because... When Derek hears the name Morgan Jones, it seems like everybody knows him. Mm-hmm. And this goes to something that I said, I think we said in the, after the live watch, I said, there is something going on here because Isaac sees the tape as a ranger and decides to leave. Dakota sees the tape and says, that's my ticket out of here. That's my last hope. That's the guy that's going to get me out of here. The people that end up with Ginny see the tape or like Tom, Tom sees the tape on the run and he's like, I need these guys help. You know, I need to get my sister out of here.
1: Sure. To say even worse. But yeah. And Good. with tape it, it, changed Wes?
0: I mean, at first he was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like a lot. He was just like, a lot. <laughs> and, and it wasn't the tape as much as it was Alicia proving proof of concept that yes. I mm. And Thank goodness, and I didn't catch it at first, that Wes says, just as they're leaving the embalming room, as they, they're holding Riley hostage and they're backing away from to the door, he says, Alicia, you showed me that people can be in it for something other than themselves. And Alicia in the embalming room, just as they're about to go says, I'm proving yet again that you know this is what we do. This is what we do. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm saccharine, but you go on ahead. I will take care of this. I want you to live, just, just live. Of course, are the Madison reference, the fire, the dam. The, sorry, not the dam. Again, the dam. I'm confusing the dam with the diamond. It's easy, though. It starts with a D. But The anyway. damn diamond. The damn diamond. But my point is, it seems like the root of all of this is in season five. A bunch of people saw these tapes. A bunch of people heard Morgan on... Th- It's as if people take the idea of Morgan from these tapes and the walkie and they make him out to be something bigger than he actually is. Like Morgan is great, but just great. But Isaac hears it, and he's completely changed. He completely gets him to break out of something. The impossible is possible thing. Dakota thinking she has a way out. All these people around Paradise Ridge. And then, of course, Ginny has to doctor the tape to make it an advertisement for my colony, (laughs) Zlatan, whatever, all that stuff. But the reason why she does it is she sees the power in it. It's working. Maybe this is affected more than just what we know. And it seems like all these people know who he is. Why do they know who he is? And one of the things I theorized and again, it could be completely wrong, is the whole impetus of this group. The the reason why Teddy is able to get so much power from it is he springboards off these tapes and says, let's follow what Morgan, like maybe Morgan's in their scripture is what I'm saying. Following the voice of Morgan to just live. But the thing is, is maybe they're making him seem to be bigger than he is. And th- there's this weird inverse going on here. Morgan isn't claiming to be anything more than he is. He just wants people to have a safe space to live and to thrive and to just live. No rules. No, cult following. Don't worship me. Please don't worship me. I'm not comfortable with that or something like that. Whatever. You see Morgan's uncomfortable face. And yet the inverse of that is Teddy taking advantage of this. Look to me for the answers. I'm your leader. I'm your shepherd. Who am I? Who are you if not my sheep? <laughs> like, let me shear your brow, the matted fur from your brow so you can see the light. And if you can't see, if your eyes won't open, I'll make them open. <laughs> yeah. Charity, Morgan, 25, 17, so- just live. <laughs>
1: They they want Morgan because he has the key.
0: Yeah, but how? That's another question. How do they know they ha- he has the key? Because he marked the two people that encountered him, right?
1: I'm sure rumors spread through Texas like wildfire. So
0: <laughs> those rumors in Texas, although if he was not to
1: mention, they had people embedded at different settlements. You know, information is easily transferred.
0: Okay, wait. Let's let's let's, let's run this through because I'm going through my memory banks, and in none of my memory memory banks do do does morgan show up in any of the settlements right they no,
1: but morgan's Morgan's people are there not to mention there could be a spy at the dam
0: that was also talked about you're right however okay okay let's follow this through okay yeah okay yes Rebecca Punch <laughs> okay so let's take a step back one of the things we find obviously and find out is that obviously these this group was in the tower in Dallas Nora's tower they planted the the bubonic p- playground south of Odessa right south of the o- Pacific oh okay whatever <laughs>
1: I found that on on the other map that
0: with, we saw in this episode with the coordinates, right?
1: No, different map.
0: Wherever it is. Now, what makes sense to me is that they would embed people in Nora's building. Okay, that that's hard. That's a tough one. Okay, wait, wait. Let me back up. Let me back up. That's a harder sell. You're talking about people that were there from the very beginning. They would know each other. These are coworkers. And it's possible that they pick up a couple survivors along the way. Maybe it's a tough sell.
1: You think there was a spy in Nora's building? Yeah. No, I think they were just trying to kill them all. Why well, they put the plague rats in there?
0: Okay. Okay. I was. Though I'm trying to make sense yeah. out of how because the people they in- needed
1: more compost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I'm trying to figure out is that most of the people from the dam are from that building, if you remember. Because mm-hmm. I was, even I was trying to figure out where do they, all these people Except come from? or one of them. I, okay. That's the Rachel is suspicious theory, right? Yes. But here, but you have to consider okay, yes, you're doing the Rabbi Kessner thing again, though, because it's the person you'd least suspect, right? And well, well, why?
1: I found it, I found it pretty um sus- suspect that she was at that meeting at the end of the episode that she has no business attending.
0: Well, it's her place. She she was there first. <laughs> it was like you guys all just came in and thought this was a great place.
1: <laughs> yeah, and but what that, sort
0: of authority does she have? But hold on, she a should second. be
1: taking care of her baby.
0: <laughs> I, and that's my assumption is that she is. But let me let me roll that back because if she was there first, why wouldn't she be able to share that intel with the end of the group? That makes no sense. She was there alone for the longest time, you know, with Isaac while Morgan's off chopping people's heads off and. <laughs> trying to get Dakota as leverage and all that. Rachel's there alone. Yeah.
1: Nobody's there. Well, well, okay. I'm going to put a kibosh on that right now anyway, because the Enders don't know where Morgan is. Yeah. If they had yeah. a spy in camp, they would know where he is.
0: Now. Okay. So. Now there is the possibility <laughs> that there are some there or one there, whatever. And they just can't get out. You know, they can't seem to get out further, far enough or, okay. out, or make an excuse. I just, yeah. I don't like the be. theory. It's too stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> It, it,
1: what a spy? A spy in general, or that it's Rachel? It's stupid.
0: Well, the Rachel by default, but the spy in general is just it. Does, we know
1: that they put. That we know that they do that, though. Yeah, they but, do that. We
0: do know. So and I'm trying to figure out how <laughs> they. For, well, I'm figuring. Trying to figure out two things. I'm trying to figure out if they did do that, when and where and how. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanktown, Town. Most of them died. Most of them seem to have died. We, uh, you know, Wes is almost dead. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Norris building. Tough. One, also tough because you're talking about people who mostly knew one another pre-apocalypse they would know the ins and outs of who came in who came out and the plague rats mm-hmm. like you said is it, that's mm-hmm. a tougher one well, tr- we're trying to kind of gauge percentage wise how much that makes sense because likelihood very low now you could say okay here's here's a possible in is Derek doing the re- recon on Ginny settlements which are satellite settlements they're f- far, far enough away from each other to be remote you know in some cases mm-hmm. uh, in the logbook it says something about someone with black hair this is obviously Luciana I think it's Luciana, right? There's dogs, but they're not aggressive, all that stuff. But it does say elementary school, though, too. I think that's one of the entries. So it's not Mm -hmm. really, at least that part's not really her. Now, they could have embedded in a satellite station that doesn't have a lot of crazy shit going on. It didn't seem like at least the elementary school was that. Let's go through it. 723, second trip, 31 people, five dogs, don't look dangerous. I let myself be seen, they barked, but not aggressively. And then it says something about roadkill. Did you see what that said?
1: I only saw it caught the second part. I think it said, ant antifreeze on some roadkill
0: oh weird okay but the next page says seems like she's in charge but not an official capacity black hair early mid-30s hard to tell from here but maybe but okay was
1: 5758 right
0: which sounds like Luciana right somewhat looks like she knows how to run all the stations and how the whole process works but that's the other thing so was Tanktown doubling as the place where the kids are kept because I'm saying that because elementary school I was thinking oh kids are here they're learning here I I don't know
1: I can't wrap my head around elementary school just seems like a dangerous area area to be trying to hold elementary school classes at Takedown,
0: <laughs> right with, with fire although it is when, when you have
1: lawton when you have lawton <laughs> why would you hold school at takedown
0: i mean i suppose you're right but like lawton would probably be like the mount olympus of where they're yes, like but the, their head... children
1: are the future so wouldn't they be put up on a pedestal
0: maybe i was thinking more of like lawton Kind of like what we were saying about and how I love this when we were breaking it down. Like, why keep everybody in one place? Like, okay, maybe our HQ is here. It is. A raised, it's like a plateaued settlement, so that you know walkers can't generally really climb up unless they climb up on each other, and, and that's a whole trick. But <laughs> failing that, let's say this is their command center, right? It would make sense that if that, it, you know, being it, being their command center, that they would w- not want kids to be in the line of fire. Put them in satellite stations with enough adequate walls. So, I mean, I think Tanktown does have the geographical boundaries that would keep kids safe, even though there's fires billowing everywhere, but. But they had those sheds, those metal sheds, and not a good dad to them, but whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the safest place. I just thought that was... I know, interesting. Because I've been thinking about where the kids are at this point too. Like, you know, where is Annie? Yeah.
1: What I noticed on that first page was thirty-two people were scratched out, and then it said thirty-one people remained.
0: Oh, so replacement theory, or?
1: Well, I don't know. I obviously somebody died, and they had to change their notes to thirty-one. Mm. So I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like, where was Paige stationed? You know, oh. Page.
0: You know, losing oh, Page yeah, could have been the that one. That is Page. That is that's Page. <laughs> yeah. Very next to Jasper's leg. Page. It, just to explain because not everybody <laughs> like, might not know who's Paige. The beginning of bury her next to Jasper leg. Jasper's leg, the Sarah look alike almost in blue instead of red. That that woman's called Paige. And yeah, and we yes. find out she's part of the end is the beginning people. Although interestingly enough, like It's good to remember that because they are willing to kill themselves to keep the holding safe there's Mm -hmm. that's a cool element because you don't see a lick of that while they're in the holding you know that kind of suicidal ideation yeah suicidal ideation Uh, but going back to that you're right yeah that's the that's the one that got scratched out so they've been monitoring them like hardcore (laughs) i don't know anyway uh, we're, we're barking up some trees here but uh uh, yeah, Cherni's saying they, they could have classes at uh, in each settlement. Could have been... Yeah, so it could also have been the razor finger walker, as she says also. But that could have been somebody that gave their lives. It could be one of their extra mannequin walkers, attached some what things else? onto them. But Paige makes more sense. I mean, literally, she died in that episode. Cherni says another thing, which I I, I I really almost missed. They could have heard Virginia and Morgan on the radio and figured out that Morgan killed Emil and had the key. Yeah, that's... The, that. Yes. It, okay, that makes a little sense because how... Okay, how would they have had the wherewithal to encounter Morgan on the road when they slammed into him. And I thought that was maybe just an accident. You know, that could have well been an accident. Maybe not. And how how do they know he has the key? That's the thing. Like, they killed the two people that were there, or they confused Emil with Morgan, and then after a while, they found out Morgan killed Emil, because he was in his clothes. Easy mistake. But I guess that could be unfolded later on, because they do make a pointed effort in this episode. This is a good way to kind of just at least finish this conversation, is that the question was asked to Morgan. How do they know it? Morgan does not have an answer. Which means it was said out loud, which means at some point there's going to be maybe something that we don't know that comes yeah. up that says oh i know why
1: i think they know about the key i i, I can't say how but all of these theories make sense yeah. maybe they heard it on the radio maybe rumors for, who knows
0: and what does becky say <laughs> God. <ahead. laughs> you could <can> say it.
1: <laughs> becky says plot twist morgan is the spy uh, oh that would be crazy
0: i mean all the, i mean
1: why not why not
0: <laughs> all this time we're thinking oh and, and I'm really backing off the theory that June is the big, big, big bad because just because of the last episode, I think mostly she just seems to be very respectful of Morgan's rules and knows what he did. She sends her regrets, right? Regret instead of regards. But that would be interesting. Like Morgan who is often seen as the Madison replacement. People are angry about that, etc., etc. Some people, not all, not all people, most people. <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> it be something if Morgan was the big bad? I wouldn't like it. It just doesn't make sense to me. For all the stuff that we saw him go through in The Walking Dead, being there from the beginning, just to be the big bad. It makes sense on a level because I just, it's funny. I'll, let me explain my logic first. Dwight says something to Althea and we can talk about that just after. Althea resolves herself to look for Beer Lady on her own, which means she's going to go on a solo mission to try to find her and warn her about these people, as well she should, because they are definitely a threat to all living life on this planet right now, at this point, depending on the capabilities of the sub. Which is the assumption that we have, this is a nuclear sub-key, at least one of two, if not just the one, to turn the key to engage the nuclear weapons. However, Dwight says something to Althea that I thought was not verbatim exactly that Rick said to Morgan. Like, I'll radio, I'll check in with you every day and if you don't, I'll come after you. I had assumed that Rick had said that to Morgan. But then, as I'm writing my notes, I said, I need to be right about that. I need to make sure I'm right about that. So what do I do? I turn on The Walking Dead season one and Aside from so many different comments I could make about that first season, how like so many good things, but also some like, oh man, they really were trying to find their footing with this one. Some of the Rick monologues with the sweeping camera shots with Rick using the walkie to to talk to Morgan, almost soliloquying. And it's just, and I kept, I looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, this is so overindulgent. (laughs) They're giving, they're making Rick out to be like St. Rick Ignatius or something. But again, it's a product of its era, right? It's 2010, They're piloting this for six episodes. They're like, let's make this guy seem like the big protagonist and everything. Anyway, so moving along, there's one of, I think, three times that Rick uses that radio to talk to Morgan. Not one of the times says, I'm going to come after you. And maybe I thought that because of Clear, because, you know, Morgan's like saying essentially to him, why didn't you come after me? I I hadn't answered you any of those times. (laughs) Like. Did yeah. you think to come after me, man? Like you check up on me because of what I did for you? Come on, dude. And then I realize, okay, he stopped doing that after his boy got shot, and things kind of got crazy after that, which does tie into the Morgan Rick story overall across the seasons. But anyway, going back to Dwight, the, it he does kind of say it like Rick. You don't, you don't contact me. I'm gonna find you, Rick. Rick Grimes, little little head tilt. I'm find you, little little grunt, little a little kind of thing in his voice, little little gravel, like a little. Uh, uh, Like it's almost as if he's making fun of him, you know, (laughs) making fun of Andrew Lincoln. Becky, you were there when I was when I was freaking out about that. Okay, Becky's referring to right after that conversation with Alan Dwight. Which, okay, let's talk about that just for a second. Before one of the things that we said in the beginning of the season, this is the funny thing about airing The Walking Dead: World Beyond with the first half of Fear the Walking Dead Season Six, or at least most of it, is one of the things we said after looking back and forth (laughs) between The Walking Dead: World Beyond and Fear. The Walking Dead, is some of the parallels, but also learning that this group is nigh impenetrable, basically unseen, except for rare moments, and even then, they're trying to kill you in those rare moments, or ultimately get you in the end. There's the the Rebecca punches of the conversation that will say, oh, Al and Isabel are going to be together, and everything's going to be great. And I'm looking at this situation where she can barely, they can't even see each other, and we've just watched a shit ton of Walking Dead World Beyond, and we're just like... In what world am I seeing this as possible? In what world? Like the best they can do is speak in code, you know, about the supply drop and and never see each other again. And hold on, (laughs) Rebecca Punch is saying, I'm realistic. Oh, okay, no, okay. She's saying, because we had a conversation last night. She says, I'm realistic. She's so she, she wants it to happen and she's rooting for it, but she's realistic. <laughs> and Charity says, if you read Rebecca Punch's Fake, you'd know. But going back to, to what Al is saying now, or at least what Dwight is, and again, something we said about Dwight before not the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't. He said, like, maybe warn them. I'm like, thinking <laughs> to myself, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know the full extent of this group, you know? And to some extent, Althea doesn't either, sort of. I mean, Isabel no. says it in plain English, but what do we find ourselves saying many times throughout this season? Seeing is believing. You know, you could say this group is not impenetrable. We're 200,000 strong. We are the light of the universe. <laughs> you could say all those things. But at the end of the day, in this Walking Dead universe, seeing is believing. Seeing Sherry being torn and then being on the run and seeing Ezekiel in, in the kingdom with Carol makes you feel it and makes you believe it. But when you don't see it out of sight, out of mind, etc. But now we're talking about getting, first of all, allowing lightning to strike three times with Althea and Al, uh, sorry, Isabel and Al, and then saying that maybe they can help us, it would be a good inroads into possible touching of worlds with the Walking Dead world beyond. I would very much like enjoy that. Do you see that happening though?
1: Alan Isabel?
0: Well, less the Al and Isabel thing happening, because I could sort of see an encounter or in the process of something else happens, whatever. But can you even see a world in which the fear of the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead World Beyond will actually touch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We know that World Beyond's a limited series, so they gotta do something with characters.
0: Oh, okay. Bring that world into Fear the Walking Dead, because that world is gonna expire at some point.
1: Well, the Walking Dead is they're they're ending after eleven seasons, so if any of these characters have any hope of continuing these characters, it's gonna have to be on Fear.
0: Right, because even the Walking Dead World Beyond has a limited series release for the, the second season. Exactly. Ma- maybe a third season, we don't know, but But it's been said out loud, but even then, like you're saying third season of of a limited series run again. Here's my take. Hopeful. (laughs) However, just like the little Alexandra, Alexandra tease for Fear the Walking Dead in season four, I did the thing where I got swept up with my little passions and be like, oh, oh, oh. Because in your head, okay, you're four seasons in to Fear the Walking Dead. It's important to rem- to remind the audience, as if they're not painfully aware enough, that season four jarring transition from the way the show used to be, from seasons one through three to season four. So in my head, I'm saying, if they're willing to change this much to tie the two worlds together, it makes sense that they would go to Alexandria at some point at the very least. It's been name dropped. They know about the world. Alicia's still got that peanut rattling around in her can. Why not? Why, why Why wouldn't they? And so I got swept up, but I've learned, I've learned. No, of course they're not gonna go to Alexandria. They're gonna go to a denim factory and try to help people, of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then Gimple will say, oh, these worlds will never cross over. Okay, and I believe him. You know, Madison will never come back, and I believe him. <laughs> Even though fucking Ian and Andrew are like, "I do too, maybe she'll come maybe she'll and then like they walked it back like two or three weeks later. fuck you guys, uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I love you guys, keep doing what you're doing, but I'm like being I'm joking guys I know you watch the show so i'm j- i'm I'm just joshing guys i'm just just joshing, but fuck you guys, <laughs> and Becky's bringing it up again I mean she says i mean Coleman is mighty busy in real life being a uh right. uh was it a a guest professor at North Carolina drama department, something or other, and then to be a full-time drama professor. But again, we said this in the last episode, and I told this to to Becky before. Oh, and Rebecca Punch is saying that, too. Listen, we said in the last episode, we've been wrong about this. (laughs) Rosita is a prime example. Ezekiel is a prime example. With as busy as Ezekiel is with voiceover work, cameos, all this other stuff that he does in life. Teen Titans, uh, all that stuff. He still made it out alive. Rosita, we said, oh, Selena and all these other projects, the all the places she'd gone, she was globetrotting all over the world during The Walking Dead season nine, around the time during filming. Like it hadn't f- finished filming the back half yet. And we we're like, oh my gosh, she's globetrotting. She's all over the world. Oh, no, she didn't die in season nine, nor season 10. And so don't, just don't do it. Don't base any theories on what the actors are doing in real life. Just don't do it, it's just not worth it. To be wrong that badly has bit us twice, at least, if not three times, because we thought Brianna Venskis would live (laughs) and yet she was the most busy person of all. We didn't address the one thing that Becky brought up earlier, the ominous music transition between just after we started
1: we started to and then,
0: yeah, and, and I needed to come back. I and mean, then okay, so
1: <laughs> Becky
0: had said during the chat, she said, what is what is this ominous music that comes on right after Alan Dwight's conversation?" And, and somebody said, it's the spy. And, we, and literally during our live it's watch, just a, it was just transition music, just transitioning it's just back.
1: A, because Alicia is in turmoil. It's suspenseful for Alicia's sake.
0: Right. <laughs> and, but here's the thing. The fact that it was that jarring, I think. I'm gonna say I think that was a mistake. That was not a good. To I begin
1: the music so early. Yeah,
0: I think the, the in the process, I think they just put the music in a, a, at least a little too loud. Or
1: they know by now what kind of fans they're dealing with. And if you if you line us, if you line up music at at you know one second before it's supposed to, we're gonna notice that.
0: Yeah, like bad ADR.
1: And then we're going and then we're going to go what
0: does it mean? Yeah. And and we're going to go we're going to go bad ADR also though, too. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Sorry. <laughs> I I'm trying to be smart like, about this, you know? Becky is trying to back it up cuz so the camera camera angle makes it look like someone is watching and listening to them. I mean, you know. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess, but It was like kind of from a distance. I, I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I guess, but I'm I'm not uh, it's just mm. <gasps>
1: You guys what if it's charlie i'm kidding i'm kidding
0: but we can't we can't do this to ourselves we can't after everything we've been through
1: <laughs> she wouldn't do that
0: no. she wouldn't
1: do it she found a good family at last and she knows the difference now okay the yeah. stupid thing you ready when teddy kneels down to kill embalming
0: dude his name is harvey
1: okay um <laughs> okay who cares <laughs> his mate na- right. his His name is longer than the line he had. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He'll make it easier on you.
1: Teddy kneels down to kill Harvey. And I notice he's wearing socks with sandals. Which is mm-hmm. just another clear sign, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is just another clear sign of being crazy, right? right. But Psychopath. what I, okay. <laughs> but here's the stupid part. Okay, yeah. here comes the stupid part. His socks were blue. And what does blue mean in this universe?
0: Death. It means death, <laughs> or psychopomp, or whatever we said. Could
1: or hope. It also it also is a symbol of hope,
0: or <laughs> or innocence. We said too. Right? This
1: is how. This is what they do to me. Why did they put blue socks on him?
0: <laughs> oh, but then again, why
1: couldn't they have been green? <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, wait, wait. But let's go on that logic. Okay, <laughs> wait, wait.
1: Popcorn sex would have been better, Sharon. Yeah, popcorn sex
0: <laughs> would have been even better. We have to go back to the beginning of the episode. And one of my biggest comments was like, why is everybody in a fucking black uniform? <laughs> And I said like Mussolini much, <laughs> and, and so black uniform after black uniform, black u- black uniform. You would think that one of them would have like cottons, like or like you know, like typical cult leaders, like oh, I just wear cotton blends and
1: oh, like the linen, like the loose linen, flowy
0: linen-y kind of, or yeah. like a like a
1: like the top, like the top teddy hat on. I think, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> right. This is my point. Like what? Yeah. Why the distinction? Why? I mean, of course, you have to distinguish Teddy from everybody else. That's true. Everybody else is in jumpsuits. Everybody's just the worker bee. He's the queen bee. King of the crazies, as Alicia says. But then, like, why the stark contrast in in, in colors? I, I mean, I guess they are working with soil. That makes sense, whatever. Okay, but let's go back to your comment. The blue socks, who else had blue on him? Strand, Strand's band around his hat. But if that means innocence and hope, Strand? I mean, you know. But I mean, you can use that as a tell, I guess, maybe.
1: I mean, in this case, it can mean death. Sure, go ahead.
0: Oh, oh.
1: Bye Strand, bye Teddy.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, blue has typically foreshadowed death also. The blue paint on is or sorry, survival, sort of, I guess. Who knows? The-
1: because Carl did blue handprints with Judith and he's dead and she's alive. So, right. where do right.
0: we do with that? Right, <laughs> exactly. So, I'm trying to figure that out exactly, but eh, whatever. It's not a science, people. But, um, yeah. But, Jadis does yeah. paint with the blue paint. The, yeah. the cat. or Was it a cat painting? I, I don't know, but I know it was blue. The, the paint was blue. I think
1: it was a cat painting, yeah.
0: Simon knocks it over. It's all over the ground. He stomps all over that. So, there is a little bit of that going on here, too. And mm-hmm. Simon does end up biting it, too, because he tried it all over it. But, Jadis is the sole survivor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Judith is the sole survivor. You know, Carl. Is the one who dies these are two people who touch the blue paint but one of them gets it one of them doesn't or the whole people gets it but strand gets it teddy gets it who survives because one of the things that i've overheard is that this group is going to persist possibly maybe into season seven i'm not 100% certain but it's i don't know if it's more rumor than it is fact or that and it has been said that like this this group it's good to remind people that they're allegedly according to the producers they probably the most dangerous Dangerous, I think Gimple said this specifically, probably the most mm. dangerous villain in The Walking Dead Universe. Now, if what we're putting together is true and they do have a nuke that will level everything topside yeah technically that that's true. true that's very yeah, true yeah, they are the most dangerous true. enemy in the walking dead universe okay yeah. so
1: i could say the same for for the whispers too because they don't really have a whole lot of regard for life you know they're animals and they live the way that they live and i feel like it's kind of the same with this group like they're just out to uh, Nessie. you've mentioned like that they're trying to collect more people i i don't first, know if i at first <laughs> oh oh okay so so not they're any- about to okay. close
0: the doors now what for okay
1: i was okay i was gonna say I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because to me it's like they are just trying to kill everything up top so that they can come down here and know that everything up there is dead and maybe it'll regrow i don't know if they maybe they plan on eventually coming back out after everything has just is gone i don't i don't know here's but.
0: my assumption is that they are because right resources you at need some sunlight point, yeah you need sunlight at some as a human you need sunlight at some point vitamin yeah. d now you can get that from other plants that's true or other other supplements maybe crustaceans or i think you can do that from crustacean i can't remember which
1: but they're underground. They. Still need to get all of these things yeah too. i was, like, I was gonna you... say
0: right <laughs> but even they need sunlight right right that's the yeah. thing that people miss is that yeah even those crustaceans Let's say let's just assume they're crustacean i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about
1: for argument's yeah. sake whatever they have yeah. to get the sunlight
0: with which to store those vitamins and so
1: so i i would say they are very dangerous because they value nothing they don't value anything up there they just want to kill everything topside so that is pretty dangerous yeah, yeah. where the other groups
0: You know, Negan wanted to save people. Yeah. I mean, you know, genuinely, sure, whatever. I mean, only kills enough to bring the others in. Uh, right, and and again on a micro level, right? All of these are mm-hmm. micro levels. Like even the governor, micro level, my own niche, mm-hmm. my own Woodbury, my yes. own sanctuary. Uh, right. Even alpha roaming around in packs, so like wolves, exactly on a micro yep. level. They were uh, animals. We, we were just mm-hmm. animals. We're just roaming around doing our thing, pooping in, in, in little pits, <laughs> and then falling in them, and maybe having <laughs> sex in them. I don't know socks, whatever. Ew. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so by that, like I, I guess I could see how they could be the most Dangerous because I feel like they really have no regard for life up there. It's all about their life continuing.
0: Yeah, and I think I think capturing the CRM soldier and having all these maps—that
1: was a little scary that they even had a CRM officer. I mean, I was scared that it was in Isabel, the full but then regalia, one, too. Right. Like I, my first reaction was like, "Oh God!" You know, not Isabel. But then obviously, and then after that, I'm like, "Holy shit!" They still got a hold of one of them. That's still like, ooh,
0: to even scary. have gotten there to even have yeah. even captured one isn't. T- is a tough one to do. Exactly,
1: it's like the rarest Pokemon ever. <sighs> yeah, exactly. CRM you got soldier. a Mewtwo.
0: Okay, I, that's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only Pokemon I know. Anyway, that's rare. But it does do a little bit of paralleling with Fear the, you know, Fear the Walking Dead season five. Yeah, you know, in that you know we do find a dead CRM soldier that Al finds and has all these shaded. Remember the shade square? I was like, oh look the shade. Then it decodes the thing and like whatever. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so what? Uh, but no, it also does go to even further that. Teddy or maybe somebody in the group is at least smart enough or maybe the sub guys maybe the submarine guys but the fact that they have these maps now and that they were able to decode it means that they're very smart regardless yeah. of who did it how they did it whatever. somebody is anyway <laughs> and expanded their plan okay instead of hitting these rinky dink nearby outlets right these little mm-hmm. settlements living outside which is good to remind people that in Fear the Walking Dead season 4 there was a distinct mm, impression that the show gave you that this place is desolate that people are hopeless the scarcity is real the vultures are out there plucking things dry there's nothing out there a few years later obviously people are scratching and trying to find a niche right so whatever settlements are out there are limited there's few but now with the crm map these cult motherfuckers can expand their vision and say oh we're not just going to get the people nearby we have a little coordinates that we can plug into a little computer (laughs) and take out all the places we know there are people we can firebomb the shit out of them and make our dream a reality and then when we come out of our the holding where we're held temporarily we can go topside you know after raising generations of of kids mm-hmm. let's say let's just say like a chernobyl situation let's say like 100 years so 200 years let's say when once the soil is is less irradiated we can go topside and the world is ours again maybe we can solve this fucking zombie shit shit out i don't know that is fucking diabolical that's crazy mm-hmm. that's the king of crazies
1: the mural that derek is painting right and all the point. different locations up there that he was painting as like um accomplishments for destroying or, these places
0: Or maybe... Okay, so you're viewing them as a uh, like mission accomplished kind of things. Okay.
1: Well, he was painting Tank Town when Wes approaches. Off to the left is Nora's building, and then there's the motel, which I'm assuming is Motel Four right. from the Notebook. And then there's what looks like I don't know, sort of like the hilltop and the prison combined. It's like a wooden structure thing. I don't that one I that one I couldn't I couldn't place. But then there's a bridge at the bottom, and that I found was the Pennybacker Bridge in. Austin. Austin, Texas.
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. A little Austin insider <laughs> kind of thing.
1: Yeah, oh. and it's now on me and Sharon D's Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Pin it. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and again, this is like me going back to like trying to figure out Derek and... Because I mean, a lot of the times you, you you make art to memorialize things, to see where you've been, but also to see. When people look at this, what do they see? What are they supposed to see? Here's the question then. If not for Ginny coming in and trying to rescue Town with June and everybody else, and John, obviously, and Luciana, it's possible that those residents would be among the holding. They could have just scooped them up and said, hey, Ginny doesn't give a shit about you. Come with us. And, and they would have that mural mm. with which to look by and say, this is where you were. This is what the other people's ideas led you to, and now you should be thankful that you're here. You know, that sort of Mm. thing. I was trying to think about that, but like, I was also trying to think like, it can all be crazy. Some of it has to be like, because it is beautiful in a sense, too. Like Derek is expressing himself in some way, but it would make sense what you're saying is that it is more matter of fact. Ever since you pointed that out, that is more matter of factly the way they go about things. You're either this, people are people. you this, or you're this. I would like it if you're here. I'm trying to <laughs> keep you here because this is where you should be. You know, but if you insist on going topside, well, then you're just the walking dead. Or that we're all the walking dead. I'm just the walking dead that's fed. You are the Walking Dead that thinks that they don't need Teddy. You know, they you're just you're yeah. just like the you're dead.
1: A po- you're a poster. I'm still alive, but you're a poster. Yeah, exactly. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> you have to, exactly. Speaking of when you met, when you almost messed up Derek and Wes's names. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things in that chat that they initially have was they talk about the motorcycle, which obviously was shot up by Doris. I oh, think Oh, yeah. that was a sweet ride I was like, ah, oh, not anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, t- what? No. And that like one little moment of Oops. him, like actually caring about something, a thing rather than, you know, just ambling around like a walker. It was my one glimmer of like, oh, he is a real person. Oh, he cares about a motorcycle. Like, Oh, OK. Just mm-hmm. like everybody else. But the one thing I wanted to point out was the big squawking dead acknowledgement. (laughs) It's just like, okay, we can't change the names, but here, let's give you something. The manuscript that was claimed to have been (laughs) Derek's in season five was actually Wes's. And what was our big theory? Our theory was Derek had changed his name to Wes, his brother, to honor his Mm -hmm. name. You know, that he took on his brother. And what makes sense about that is that what he says to Riley or, you know, later on, he says, or earlier on, he says, who painted these? He's like, you know, it just Mm -hmm. reminded me of my brother. I I started copying my brother. We started painting the trees together. I literally was following in his footsteps. I was just following him, you know, he, he would write, I would write. And then, and then they dropped this fucking business about, so that alone was kind of like, thanks, Eden and Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks guys. Because it kind of made sense. Like the, 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 I, and again, this is mostly me projecting my love for my own brother. My, my brother does that with me. He does in some senses, okay. My screen name is Mist Yang. My brother's name is Rip Yang on, on social media. So let me just out my brother there right now. He's a streamer now. Go follow him. Just go follow Rip Yang on Twitter. <laughs> there
1: you go. I could see
0: my brother like taking on my name and uh, allowing himself to take on some of the things that I took on to, to allow my name to live on. And I, and I, I think that's, that's a wonderful, loving thing that you, We'd probably keep to yourself and say my name is wes even though my name is really derek the, the name swap theory if people aren't clear by now i I'll, right. I'll include that clip in the in the in the actual blog so you have a context for that but essentially we thought this up when we first met him in season five we're like this is just awfully weird he's holding on to this manuscript that says it's his brother's but it's really his. but now we know it's really his it's not derek's and so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like weird acknowledgement of our theory because it makes no sense listen it makes no sense <laughs> It's his. It just doesn't make sense.
1: It doesn't make sense why you would lie and say that it's not yours. Oh, it's not mine. It's my brother's. What? what to, what's the point of that?
0: And then admitting it here that it's really Wes's.
1: Mm-hmm. Are we? Maybe we're going to see it again. Is it going to? Is it going to come back up? Maybe.
0: Well, remember he loses it anyways Or <laughs> oh, he actually throws it out. Remember when he kills the guy? Oh, sh-
1: oh, that's yeah. So we're not going to see it. You know, he- so this really has no point. No,
0: but that's but that's my point. Why even mention it? I mean, it's nice to mention it out loud to give it kind of a callback, like a reference. But then to say that it's his—that's got to be something that only Squash It's just for us. That for Dead us. would appreciate. That's, that's what I'm trying us. to say, man. They, it doesn't make it sense. Us. It doesn't make sense to say that it's Wes. Wes is. It doesn't. They're writing, they're writing for us now. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> we love you guys. Of course,
0: I don't really think that. I mean. <laughs> maybe a little
1: okay how about how let's let's make it broader how about they okay they know <laughs> okay, that there are you. a lot of
0: please dial me back
1: we'll, we'll put a big old umbrella about up, it up, up, it's it's for all of the eagle-eyed fans or eagle-eared fans in this case the fans that go as deep as we do into these episodes they're the ones who are going to notice it yeah you yeah. know
0: they not all of them, and that and
1: that's us and yeah, that's us. not all
0: of them thought <laughs> of the name swap theory but right <laughs> but okay fine <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they did it so that they can go. Hey, wait what? Wait what? <laughs> it's, it's Wes's novel. Wait what? Wait what? What, what does that mean? <laughs> and then we'll never see it again, right? But here we are. Right. Oh, Sharon D says it's for me. Don't kid yourself. <gasps> get the fuck out. Get up. Get the fuck out. It has. Out. <laughs> wait, wait, It has
1: nothing. To, it has nothing to do with June. Sherry, get,
0: get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look at David Blaine doing a magic trick for Harrison Ford. Just Google yeah. it. You'll find get it.
1: Get the fuck
0: up. <laughs> <So Sharon's laughing. laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. what I wanted you to do. <sighs> uh, oh,
1: fuck David Blaine. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Get the scrub the fuck out of my mind. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Becky's saying it doesn't have to mean anything, unfortunately. The writers tend to forget continuity stuff. Carol's claustrophobia is a season one callback that Kang didn't remember. She wasn't sure on her then, but she also recently mentioned in an interview that Karzekiel was not even married.
1: Carol does bring up her claustrophobia when they're in the cave. Yeah. The, well, I mean, she has her she has a panic attack over it.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I know what's going on here. Because it seemed as though Kang was elucidating in like a, a BTS interview that this is the first time we get to explore Carol's claustrophobia for the first time we're revealing that carol has a new trait and it's possible that the wording is okay. a little nebulous meaning she said we it's she i seem to recall her saying and this could be taken in a couple ways i think she said it in the way this is that this is the first time we're really exploring her claustrophobia but that could just mean that carol may have mentioned it but we never really explored Which it she does so maybe right. that's maybe that's what now we, meant to, by that.
1: now we get to see the phobia in action
0: and i believe and I think this is true, Becky, that Kang had always sort of been a part of the walking dead sort of from the very beginning, I think from season three, but she'd been a part of sort of the story. She was like an intern at first, I think. And then eventually she, she jumped on to producer or writer, sorry, writer. And then eventually became executive producer by the time season nine rolls around, kind of like Satchelor Zemus for fear of the walking dead, but, or well, yeah, he's an executive producer positionship, also director, but okay. Season two is when she, be, okay. So I thought it was season three, season two, she became writer. Okay. okay so one, one of the things about Kang is that she was part of her job was was being in charge of continuity, and I think that's what was so interesting about bringing in that fact from season one into okay. season ten. So mm-hmm. she was responsible for actually exploring because I I think the wording was this is the first time we get to explore that claustrophobia. So. I think there's one or two things that we have to mention. Dakota wants to help.
1: Yeah, fuck her.
0: Wait, but there's a payoff.
1: Mm, nah, fuck her.
0: Uh, forget. <laughs> it's not about Dakota. <laughs> I'm moving on from Dakota.
1: So- Okay. Good. More. I was going to throw in. I was going to throw in one more. Fuck Dakota for D. Okay,
0: go for it. Let's get out of the way.
1: Fuck uh, Dakota.
0: Okay. Morgan says immediately says no nah, no nah, no thanks You're, we're not there yeah, yet we're
1: not there yet right bitch we're never gonna be there get right. the fuck out of here but I
0: think there's a there's an arc here that we, we need to follow this is a thread right here that we need <laughs> to follow <laughs> okay yeah Becky mentions this also like she she talked to me about this she said it's so much like father when gay wants to help and Rick goes yeah. nah 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 nah, nah. nah be nah you can't help us yeah, yeah. fuck nope. that shit you know that <laughs> shit you pulled in, in four walls and a roof or like back in <laughs> Alexandria when you ratted this out. <laughs> but regarding Morgan, I, I'm I'm very interested to see because it's the same wh- when you saw coldness in Morgan in the last episode. I saw something very interesting and I want to, I hope they exploit that coldness, that perceived coldness, which by the way, the poll came in and it was overwhelmingly the other way. Like people did not think he was being cold.
1: Cold versus, uh, versus inner struggle?
0: Inner struggle, right. I do the poll because I, I really genuinely want to <laughs> know. I want to know.
1: Morgan's always having an internal struggle of some kind, let's so, be honest. It's
0: consistent, yeah.
1: <laughs> always. <laughs>
0: but I, I find it so fast like it's always something, man. It's always something with him. I just yep. I just wish I want there's a thing in me that just wants to just can you live in peace? Can this can, can you get some inner peace already? Haven't
1: haven't you met those people that can't that are yeah. not happy unless they're miserable?
0: That's Morgan. I'm afraid that it's gonna get to that point. Like Oh my God, Rachel, you said the perfect thing. It's like fucking Daniel. He can't settle. And when he when he Mm. settles, he makes it unsettling. Stirs
1: up trouble. Mm
0: hmm. that's the thing. We all know somebody like that. No, we all know the person that says, I can't have to be doing something. I'm like, do you? (laughs) Can't you just sit (laughs) with yourself? But here's in an age of social media in an age of constant information battering and stimulation, that's become more and more rare.
1: My mom said that about me. She told me, I'm not happy unless I'm miserable. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. Now, the older I get, I see it in other people, and I'm like, oh, my stepdad's the same way. He constantly piles on work for himself to do. Like, and then he complains about all the work that he has to do. And I'm like, you created the work. Just don't create the work. And then you don't have anything to complain about. But then he won't have anything to complain about. So it's
0: a cycle. Right. They need to have that Ugh. thing to complain about. I, I don't, because yeah. what is life if not to complain? Or what if life. But there is a quality in what they're doing, but it, it goes too far. Like, okay, there's. It's the reason why we watch these shows. The quality is in the struggle. The reason why we watch the shows is struggle. Not necessarily good versus bad. That's a bonus. That's the surface level shit but we thrive on the struggle. Sometimes the antagonist and the protagonist aren't evil and good. They're just challenge in response to challenge. Why do you watch the Gilmore Girls? Is there like a, an anime villain in the Gilmore Girls? No, it's just life presenting challenges. <laughs> I'm not saying I watch yeah. the Gilmore Girls, I don't, but I'm just saying like, I can get why people would. But you're right, you're right. There is a tiny parallel with Morgan and Daniel in that, well, what does it look like when you get finally get the thing you want, Morgan? And I think the show is truly going to try to explore that. First of all, how far Morgan is willing to go to achieve that thing, whether he's willing to back away. And we've seen signs of him backing away from what he thinks is the right thing. We see it like in almost every episode. Uh, you know, we have to use Dakota's leverage and like, oh, wait, Alicia. Okay. All right. let you Here, Alicia, you take care of this. And Alicia, and two times. Does. Two times. Two times was, re- was referenced that Alicia took a chance on me. Dakota mentions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have to take that into account in our... <laughs> moral calculus against fuck Morgan fuck Alicia too. And Alicia says it in this episode, she says it, we can't make the same mistake that we made with Dakota. I don't think she regrets that mistake, but the group had made a mistake in letting people keep their arms. We can't let them, I like these little parallels, these tiny little parallels you see, like we can't like make that mistake again about letting people keep their weapons. So we adjusted our thinking. They didn't say that Mm -hmm. we're wrong, but they said, let's make adjustments in our thinking. Alicia didn't say that her decision was wrong, but let's not make that mistake of fully trusting Dakota again. Or Like let's not make the same mistake with Dakota that we're doing with. Derek, I think that the oh names. You saw what you wrote, right? <laughs> yeah. fuck, fuck Alicia too, but this, this is
1: we we talked about it earlier. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> At this point, I feel like I'm just fingering, like just pointing out all the people <laughs> that Sherry can just tell to go fuck themselves because John is dead. Well, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> talked <laughs> about this
1: earlier. I don't know. I don't know how Alicia feels about Dakota walking freely around around the damn settlement. I was under the impression when Alicia stuck her neck out for Dakota, it was to bring bring her to the dam she she could stay alive but she would be imprisoned
0: the original plan was before we even she even knew that john was murdered by well
1: her. they were going to go to the diamond or
0: whatever okay. but um and then to the dam and they got separated from more uh, from because of the herd and, which is mentioned And but uh, the key takeaway here is that part of what we need to remember is that there was a, a, a conflict between morgan and alicia almost like a an almost like an armed conflict about what to do with dakota to the point mm-hmm. where we can't let this happen and then morgan relents and allows alicia to go with Alicia's plan, and to the point where he defends her plan in the face of Victor saying, Let's bring Dakota home, come on, let's go so i like I like that there's something to the struggle of the thing now again, it leads to bad outcomes, but This episode also, there's the exclamation of, you know, we can do more than just stick, uh, be in it for ourselves. It mentions out loud, we can do more than just be in it for ourselves, Wes, Alicia, that whole conversation. So they're going to be tossing this ball around. And maybe, maybe, maybe all we're left is with the question too, what is the right thing to do? And that's all they're going to leave us with, but but they're going to keep playing and tossing this ball around and see what is best, what is not best. And then you have to remember the people that are left behind, but the people that have passed on and the people that are left behind. The people that have passed on ha- believed in keeping that vision alive, of having a place to live. They may have lost hope along the way, like John did, you know. but then the people that are still here tried to boost that person up and say, we can still do it because you're still here, Wes, you're still here. <laughs> if you're reading this, you're still here. <laughs> honor the people that are gone and you know, honor the people that are still here. I think everybody should read this. It's Stephen Hassan's BITE model of authoritarian control. This is like basically the shortcut guide to how to determine what group is a cult. They've stacked this up against certain sects of religions, like Catholicism and then you go through the steps you go through each of the now the bite is an acronym it stands for behavioral informational thought and emotional control and there's all and we're not going to go through all the the number all the steps in each one here's some examples in the b part you know so you go through each step individually and there's all these little shortcut questions do they regulate an individual's physical reality yes they do so in the informational control there's deception deliberately withhold information we kind of see that with the hub spoke model in terms of information i
1: think so yeah D-
0: distort information to make it more acceptable yes they do mm-hmm. show me the light Definitely. the tunnel through the light systematically lie to the cult member oh oh that's interesting i mean i don't know if there's any of that going on but i can see that happening
1: well lie by omission too
0: yeah right? yeah that's true <laughs> withholding of information now there's thought control too and i'll just go through the one uh, require members to internalize the group's doctrine as the truth which means adopting the group's map of reality as reality yes and still yep. black and white thinking yes darkness yep. light tunnel light
1: yes talked about that
0: decide be- between good versus evil yes. we are the good we have to show them though we have to show them the, the, the yep we, ha- we have to make them see we have to show them what it is. Uh, organize people into us versus them, insider versus outsiders. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that's thought control.
1: They're a cult. Check.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go through the E though too because there's just the one. I mean, again, well, we're just going through one point from each. The first one is manipulate and narrow the range of feelings. Yeah. Derek. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Some emotions yep. and or needs are deemed as evil, wrong, or selfish. Like wanting things. Like a bike. He mm-hmm. almost surprised himself at how he was like, oh, that thing was awesome. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Just to mention it again, it's Stephen Hassan's bite model of authoritarian control. I'm gonna put a link to the blog in the description so that you guys can actually read it, go through it, yeah. and you can like literally actually, I wanna, stack it up and then decide for yourself what you think. You I know.
1: know, I wanna I, I want to go through it, spend some time and look at through that too. That sounds very interesting.
0: Yeah, when we get around to it, right?
1: <laughs> right, in the mountains of time that I have.
0: That we all have. Look <laughs> at me, I'm, I'm even doing the stretch. Oh yeah, it's a good stretch, okay. <laughs> There was one question that was raised that we should probably talk about is that Alicia just sets the entire thing on fire. The entire place on fire, right? Mm -hmm. I had thought that they had moved her from one place to another. And now undoubtedly, when Morgan talks about finding Alicia again, they said to check the car park, but they go into it assuming that they will definitely move her. They definitely can't stay there anymore. That place is burned. Like literally and figuratively burned. And the assumption is we're going to go there and try to find clues of where she is now. But when they do the ominous music transition they go back to the embalming room that they were in before it is burnt up mm-hmm. it is destroyed I wanted to make that clear for anybody who may have been lost by the conversation that Morgan had uh, and then moving back to Alicia again but it's undoubtedly yeah. gonna be another place now here's the thing do you think they had this place set up in advance as like a failsafe?
1: like a second location yeah I think it would make sense too. yeah I think te- I think Teddy would be that kind of planner
0: and it goes to the bite model of information control right these mm-hmm. people here don't need to know about this place but there is another place and they don't know even know about this place <laughs> so there's yeah like, two different sets of people just like they're me exactly just like there may be two different families uh, that exactly we could talk about in another episode
1: i want to squash any hope of madison coming back too if i can oh,
0: oh please go please do it <laughs> but what made you first so- of all what made you think of that first of all? Because obviously there's a lot of references, but what was the thing that made you think of squashing it?
1: Because I don't, I don't, I don't like Madison. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a, Ma- I'm not a Madison fan. I don't need her to come back. If she comes back, whatever. Yeah. But a small group of people were very excited about Teddy's reference to Alicia's mother. He never calls her by name. First of all, he equates them, right? Like, oh, are you, you know, following in your mother's footsteps? Now, Alicia just sacrificed herself for her friends. That's what just happened. Alicia told Riley earlier in the episode that Madison gave her life for theirs that's how Teddy knows to use those words against her. Right. Not because he's got Madison in some back room or or she's part of any groups or whatever. Alicia told Riley what Madison did. Yeah. And then Teddy flips it around and uses those words against her.
0: This is the reason why I asked you. Why did you come to this thought? Because you were seeing oh. people that were yeah. saying yeah that, that Madison
1: was coming back. Yeah.
0: Because of what, because Teddy, of Teddy, what Teddy said. Because of what Teddy said. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's how a-
1: does how does Teddy know about Madison unless she's alive? Well, because Alicia told Riley
0: (laughs) and also because let's let's do the Chris thing right now and also because he just told her I I heard your recordings (laughs)
1: like yeah yeah, it's not. Well, just the... we don't know what she talked about in the recordings. To be fair, well, no, he was but... holding
0: the recorder while she was saying all this. Like Riley was holding the recorder as she was saying. Oh, yeah. oh,
1: okay, sorry, I never mind, never yeah, mind. So now I, we know in the office. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, I know, yes. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. it's again easy to forget because you're yes again. There's a lot of visual stimuli. There's a lot of you're you're getting swept up by the callbacks. You're getting swept so up by the, by the moment. No, but I mean it's great. You get to watch it over and over again, and see something different, just like a cult. If you Listen to to Teddy's voice and of John Glover's voice, and you (laughs) might be like. I wish this was real (laughs) but then the embalming scene comes back and you're like uh harvey (laughs) stay away from me the only other thing i wanted to mention was that harvey if you know who this is this is good for you if you thought harvey looked familiar yes you did you were on the right track if you know an old school youtuber named casey neistat youtuber filmmaker named casey neistat but people do people do know he's whatever he's a filmmaker He makes commercials he makes all these little videos projects yeah. Okay, that Casey Neistat is Dean Neistat's, who's the actor. Dean Neistat's older brother. Okay, interesting factoid for some of you guys who wants to know. Just like Coleman Domingo, he is a drama professor for MIT. I, th- oh, wow. I thought that was interesting because when when um
1: that's so cool.
0: When either be- I think it was either Becky or Rebecca told me that Coleman was going to be a professor at uh, was in North Carolina. I can't remember what it was. USC. Uh, USC. Okay. When he was going to be a professor at USC, I just thought that the the, the confluence of those. Two things were kind of cool because, like, what if they taught had a conversation about, like, oh, hey, Dean, what do you do? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a I'm a professor at MIT. Like, that sounds like a good idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> <do> <laughs> it was just the timing of me finding that out and all that. It, that's where Coleman was, got the idea. <laughs> but it goes to show, like, this—that's how kind of cool and close this family could be. I mean, yeah. if you look at Dean Neistat's info, it's great. He's a stunt man, a stunt man actor. He was in the Navy? No, he was in the Air Force. You know, this guy, he's been in the Air Force for seven years and decorated. uh, So this guy's lived a life. And then he plays like a bit part in Fear of the Walking Dead. But again, this cool idea of him talking to Coleman. Uh I just love that idea.
1: And you know, this was recorded some time ago. So there was time, you know, it it could have legs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I thought that was kind of (laughs) cool.
1: oh my god oh the madison group is um saying that if alicia could survive so can madison i i'm not i'm not,
0: I'm not even gonna touch it i'm not <laughs> i mean the I'm logic not, not even touching it the logic is the logic no. in enough in stop
1: stop don't wait, wait, even
0: don't, don't even wait, wait for the follow-up <laughs> not just the pitch the oh, logic god. on paper is like okay yeah one plus one does equal two, <laughs> but you're forgetting about <laughs> other variables. <laughs> yeah, of one. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like no, it like, makes sense on paper what you're saying, and if we're talking about parallels, yes, okay, yeah, sure. But yeah. you have to take everything <laughs> into account. But let's talk about uh. what she means. Cherrondy somehow okay in this weird. What was the hashtag that they used? Bring Back Madison. Right. Sherandy got like bombarded by a couple of these people in response to just her projects of hers or memes or whatever. Just their response was hashtag Bring Back Madison. And like, it wasn't of substance. It was just to put, it was just to kind of put the end as the beginning tagging on Sherandy's comments. But like, it's instead it's Bring Back Madison. And so they had like a little row and then they made up and then as a kind of a peace offering, they invited her to, to this group chat of, where all these Maddistans would get together and talk about oh how she's going to come back and everything. So now just Sharon like lurking there and getting the goods on it. Like she's writing down the good tidbits and to tell us during these, like in between some of these recordings, but now we got a good tidbit now. It's just so good. It's just, Sharon D is the damage from the inside.
1: Sharon is the spy. Now,
0: again, just to be clear, says, says Becky. So ju- just like Rebecca Punch, I'm, I'm a realist okay and maybe just like you rachel and in some senses becky i'm a realist becky's a realist when it comes to carol as much as she wants it to happen she wants it to happen and make sense just like you if the carol thing does happen you know carol and daryl it it just has to make sense like you're less you're more in the friends camp a little bit and becky's more in the let's fuck already camp But I, I, as far as the Madison thing goes, I love Madison. I, I I am a fanboy. I don't care. I, I'm not, I don't, like, collect the figurines. I don't do the things. But I, I do, I did like the character. I would like her to come back, but it has to make sense. And if she doesn't come back, I'm okay, too. That's, that's the reality. Because what am I a slave to? Story. The story, story. has to make sense. That's... Primary number one, number one on my list. People will die and I will be sad, but then I will say it was an honor for the story. And the story is good.
1: They killed Glenn almost four years ago, and I'm still here.
0: Yeah, if you're reading this, or if you're listening to this podcast, Rachel's still here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. with that, everybody, thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash Dead. five stars in an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. Use it as a means of communication. Please rate us after every episode. It really does a world of good. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. If we're wrong about something, if we're right about something, do it. I've seen the numbers. Austria, you're killing it. Every single week, I'm seeing the numbers. Austria loves it. Thank you very much. It just gives us a reason for being. So thank you so much. And... If you really like what we're doing, head over to ko-fi.com squawkingdead and just follow us. If you do, you'll be in the know about when we record. You'll be able to jump into a, a recording session, be a part of the chat, give us some input. Like these cool kids. Like these little cats here, like Sharon D., Becky, Rebecca Punch. Becca. Help us out in that way. And in turn, we are Squawking Dead. If you do decide to buy us a coffee, you'll get access to our supporter back content as well. You will get the unedited episode recordings. After we're done recording, you'll be able to join us in the recordings you'll also be able to get things like initially right off the bat the clips playlist you know so every time we make a clip there is a backlog of clips in an, an unlisted clips playlist that is just for coffee backers you'll be able to add that to your YouTube account and go back in our back catalog of clips just play whatever you want you also get the squawking dead ringtone for free eventually I will release the fear of the walking dead <laughs> ringtone and you'll get that for free as well you'll be able to jump in on our Jackbox game sessions on stream we give that so option to you too it is so much fun if you haven't so seen the fun. clips yeah it's usually every Wednesday but now it's just kind of like whenever we can <laughs>
1: <laughs> when we feel like it people yeah, basically Be when there. we feel
0: like it it's we try to do it <laughs> weekly but sometimes it doesn't work out mm, probably like this week you know, we'll see we'll see life basically and you know we're thinking of new things all the time tears are coming very soon so these are things that basically, so it's taking subscriptions to a whole nother level. And again, if you want to subscribe to a Coffee Month, the party just keeps on rolling. And We
1: get beautiful gems like, the fuck, June?
0: Yeah, in, beautiful TikTok inside games. jokes. Like, the fuck, June? TF- Sorry. TF- TFJ. <laughs> oh, oh. Thank you very much for joining us, and I hope you've enjoyed this breakdown. We will see you next week for what's looking like a very bizarre episode. <laughs> And that's all I'll say, because I'm not a reviewer, and I will not give you my, I've not seen it, so I'll not give you my emotional impression of it. I will just say, we will be breaking it down next week, with your help. Ta-ta for now! Bye! <laughs> Take care, everybody. Yeah, TTFN, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs>